G'day everyone, welcome back to the Side Hit Podcast, I'm your host Fat Tony, and today with us we have Aaron Jameson, welcome Aaron. G'day, g'day, how are you? Good bro, how's your summer been? Good. Yeah? No travel, but lots of surfing. So oh, I mean, you get around the, the country a bit? Wee bit, yep, up to the Coromandel. Aaron, uh, where are you from and how'd you get into snowboarding? Uh, I'm from Wanaka now, but I was Dunedin, born Dunedin. And we lived there until I was five, and then moved to Rangiura in Christchurch for a couple of years, and then moved to Queenie when I was eight, around eight, in, yeah, 86. 86 from, Queenstown from 86? Queenstown from 86, yeah. Oh, man. So basically my first day I rocked up to Queenstown Primary and bumped into this other kid that I, we kind of have been friends ever since, you know, and that's Glenn Leggett. Sweet. And I guess uh, growing up in Queenstown, it's only a matter of time until you're going to be put up on the snow to slide around. Yeah. Not long. Yep. I guess it's school skiing and all that. You sort of just do it as you, you know, mm. as you go. Ah, Part of the school thing. You know, parents got into skiing, <laughs> had friends in skiing and, yep, did that. Ah, sweet. And so how did snowboarding get into the picture then? Well, I... Probably when we first moved to Queenstown, I all I remember is a sk- uh, kid next door. I don't know who he was, but you know, we, and he had a skateboard, and I just remember just picking that skateboard up and just that's all I wanted to do from then on. I didn't have my own; I just grabbed his and remember every day in his carport just tick tacking around and learning how to skate. And then we used to slide down the hill, grass hill, and cardboard boxes, and I used to stand up on that. Um, but then we, with the school skiing, I went up the skiing, which is all cool, did that, but I did skate, so naturally when snowboarding came out, kind of was really envious of it. Um, I my mum, my mum put me into a ski race, pro- I hated ski racing all I wanted to do was do 360s on my skis you know (laughs) helicopters helicopters yeah helicopters (laughs) and um I wasn't any good and we only just went up on the weekends and and that and I remember she put me in a ski race school holiday program fuck I hated it it was like first week yep but I remember on the last day we got to try snowboarding ski boots and all you know the old the Yep, base plates. And the race guys let you do that? Yeah, well, I, yeah, they did. So huh. they, it was just, I guess it was just such a new thing. And that was my first try of snowboarding. I wouldn't say it was any good. And then I just have this vivid memory of seeing there's two, two parts. So it's, there was one when I was just halfway down the M1 and... At the bottom of the tuck, I was standing there. I must have been in my skis, I don't know. A little grommet. And I remember Tony Wollstone coming down and pulling this. There was this little bump, and he just pulled the sickest invert. This hand plant right in front of me. No way. And I can still picture it to this day. Yep. And then there was this other moment when I was on the learners. And Luca, I don't know who he was doing it with. It was probably with Deb and... Um, Glenn Smith and a few others, but they built this barrel, so they built this wave, so they and they're getting photos of them getting tubed. Oh yeah, in this thing on the learner slope. So and I can yeah, I can remember seeing them do that, and then it ended up in a magazine. It's pretty funny. Oh man, 
And then um, after that, we basically all I wanted to do was try snowboarding, go snowboarding, and me and Legs, yeah, got boards, managed to borrow some boards, and Glenn was on a crazy banana, <laughs> and I was on a look, look my trick stick. All right. Yep. And then away we went. And away we went, yep. Oh, that's pretty mean. You mentioned Tony Walston, as we've been talking about a few times. Yeah. He is quite the uh, enigma, sort yeah, of yeah. way ahead of his time in snowboarding and whatnot, right? Yeah, way ahead. Yeah. Yeah. No, he just had that style and he was just so, he was just so good. Mm. Stocky. So I remember seeing a picture in New Zealand snowboarding about him, and this was like 99, it was like a retrospective. And it had a picture of him doing a radio like back in 93. It was like, here's Tony Wilston doing a radio before we knew what to call them and shit. It's like, wow, that's... Yeah, yeah. That's no, he, he he went big. And yeah. he was a sick skater. Mm. Well, his brother's a really good skater. And he oh, was, Scott. And, yeah, and yeah. He, was a, he was a really good skater. Yeah. So the Queenstown scene back then, sort of from an outsider looking in, for me it looked like there was just brands that sort of held it together, sort of like, say, Sub 20, you mentioned Luca and Debs. yeah. Yep. And sort of that, that sort of nurtured the scene. Yeah, I, I guess as as a grommet, we kind of injured tread was the shop. Mm. Was the only I, I think it was the only shop in town. My parents owned a um, clothing store in town, so a men's shop. And but every day after school, we used to go to injured tread and hang out. Mm. Oh. And. That was our local hangout. Every day after school, we'd just go and watch videos. And it, it was yeah. the raddest shop, though, eh? It like, was. Um, I would spend days in there when I'd be up for summer and winter. Like, yeah. I bought my first twin tip there. Nice. And um, what'd you get? Uh, it was Burton Twin 53 with the crowns. Yep. I've actually yep. got it in one of those bags yep. there. I remember. This interview's done. Yep. And uh, <laughs> that was where I come across Rob Johnson. Rob, does, he, he's a disturbed man. <laughs> yeah, far out. The amount of shit that I've seen that guy do well, I mean, over the years. Yeah, There must have been a fair share of grommet abuse. Grommet abuse, uh, handed yeah. Handed out to And just guys. other people abuse, you know. He just was, he's just quite, he's a little bit sick in the head, actually. Um, sorry, Rob. Love you. Uh, yeah, yeah. I remember, like... Right, he used to, there was this other guy that used to, um, it was Kiyoshi, who used to live with Rob, and Rob and Rash, who's now my brother-in-law, they used to live, um, this was Rob and Rash, oh, and then I guess Ewan was part of that, and Steen, I think, um, back then, but pretty funny, those guys had the house in town, and they had this cat, and the cat was terrified, it was terrified, and, then they, and Rob used to just play as... Well, actually, Rich used to play this opera music. Walk around. Rob would walk around butt naked. Big glass windows out to the lakefront every day. Just walk around with his cup of tea. Butt naked. <laughs> Fucking every time. Yeah. 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 Well, I remember um, I lived with Dean Firth years later Yeah, in I, I heard you say that story. And, and I was like, yeah. And he was like, fuck. I mean, so when I met him, so I lived with him, I was like, Holy fuck! This dude's fucking something else. Cause he was like seven, Yeah, yeah, he was like seven years older than me at the yep, time. Yeah. Well, still is now. And so it was kind of like he was almost like an older brother figure. It was like looking up to him and shit. Yeah. But at the same time, he was fucking ruthless. It's like he was. He was. Then the, he so, still is. So to hear about him and 
Rob owning a business together, holy shit, no one's, yeah. no one's stood a chance. Well, I started working with Rob. I started. With, I worked at Energy Shred probably in, I guess we were 86, so we so 92, I think I started snowboarding. So I probably started working at Energy Shred probably about 94 um, with, Rob, uh, with Jeremy Northcote. Thanks, Jeremy. He was my first sponsor and Legs' first sponsor, and that was pretty sick. But yeah, so basically from there, I started working with Rob, um, tuning boards, working in the shop, and doing that, and that just carried on for years. Um, and then Dean came along. God, it must have been, I reckon it would have been. Because Rob morphed into the Snowboard Workshop. Yes. And yeah, we morphed into the Snowboard Workshop, yeah. but it wasn't back at NZ Tread. Yeah. Then we went to steep and cheap in the back of there for a year or two years mm. and then we went upstairs upstairs in that building you remember that one upstairs and above above boa rentals i think right. it was um oh and the walk-in mall yes yeah right yes no not in the walk-in mall you're thinking of down cow lane oh right the old boa downstairs yeah yeah no there was another one where no, i can't remember Oh, yeah, right. We're upstairs there for quite a few years, and that's where it, um, I think that's where Dean kind of came on board. Mm. Yep. Oh, Frank's yeah. every night, midnight. Rob would just, yeah, be well, midnight. Hundreds, hundreds of boards to tune. You know, we'd work until you know two in the morning, mm. <laughs> and just you know, Rob's a bit of a perfectionist and he's a hard worker. Mm. And um, I remember every night at midnight, Frank Sinatra had open all the doors full bore Frank Sinatra every single night so I actually quite enjoy that album now yeah, uh, yeah random nostalgia of hot wax and whatnot. yeah, yeah. I remember Dean Dean Firth when I lived with him so this is fast forwarding a little bit mm. um, saying that you were he, he considered you probably one of his best friends and we're like why is that uh, Dean he's like there was a, he told the story of this time where he had broken both of his arms or something and yeah carry on and he was like and he was like oh like i asked all my friends like i needed help wiping my ass and all this stuff and all my friends were like anything else bro anything but that and he's like but there's one person that said that they would do it and uh we're like really he's like yeah aj said he'd do it and i reckon he that makes him like one of my best friends <laughs> yeah that sounds like a good story yeah yeah <laughs> but make the record be told that i never did do it yeah. um i probably did say i'd do it but actually when it, the reality come to it dean you just have to wipe your own ass or <laughs> do the dog the dog slide across the across the carpet he bloody would too yeah, eh? yeah, yeah. no he's a good, good bruiser <laughs> He put put you through it a little bit when you ended up working with him. Yep, yep. No. Yeah, no, he was good. And we, I remember doing a mission. We went, for, you know, because he was into taking photos, his photography, and we were like, oh, yeah, sure, let's go for a mission down to Milford. We jumped in the car, packed all the way down to Milford to take some photos. God, I don't know why we did that. Anyway, go to get out of the car, and you just get swarmed by mozzies. Just... And it was such a long way and I remember just coming back and just like alright fuck we've got no gas we've got no gas we've got no gas and we get halfway you know back to Queenstown just before remarks which we quite a bit before remarks and then we fucking run out of gas and this is probably at about 11.30 at night and we're just like Pah. yeah super mission trying to call in favours to get picked up and back then was not easy 
Mm. Fuck, so he was a bit of uh, into his photography, eh? Yep. Which is kind of funny. Because um, that year I lived with him, he fucked and uh, we were sessioning this roadside jump. And I was like, oh, can you get a picture? It's like, yeah, choice, yeah, man. And, um, <clears throat> and I was like, a hipper, and I was, I was got a method off it, tweaked yep. it, felt felt really good. Yeah, was like, yep. yes. And Dean's like, oh, I got it. I was like, yes. And then it got the, the film developed like three weeks oh, yeah, later. Film, yeah. And you look at the picture, and he's like, you can see the jump. You can see all my flatmates at the road waiting. You can see the tail of my board kicked out. And then there's his thumbs over the rest of it. It's like, oh, dude. Like, it's still, 17 years later, still bothers me. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, I had many photographers, I took quite a few, few photos and, um, yeah, many shots. Mm. Oh, Especially when we were on slide film. It was just a disaster. Bit really. of an expensive mistake. Expensive mistake, yep. They come mm. out over and, uh, it exposed well Ryan was like oh Dean probably did that on purpose to wind you I was like nah surely not but he's a he's the best dude though funniest yeah. motherfucker I remember we went we went on a mission um me and Greg Prouse you know Greg Prouse at all I, I know the name Greg Prouse was another Queens well he's a North Island boy and um Rapopo boy and he lived in Queenie for a while hard Buddha meanest hard Buddha would and you know we did the weekly there was a weekly border cross compound mm-hmm. at um coronet it was the raddest border cross so that's why yeah so anyway we we ended up going this heli mission up to double cone we got dropped up in the bottom of double cone in the back side of it and we we're like yeah it was pretty icy and pretty shit and we we're doing it for the surf some surf magazine where and dean was taking the photos and we fucking just um me and greg had to hike this ridge sheet ice like full vertical drop full ice gnarly freaking ridge i think i there was probably one of the most terrified i've been hiking oh yeah yeah just one of those where you just know you know that if you slip you're gonna die one of those <sighs> moments yeah but you end up getting this double shot me and greg it was pretty sick but that guy could he rode so hard he used to do big 360s in his hard boots and Fucking every those. time i'd see him he'd snap a board Jeez, oh, I mean, those balls were stiff as a bloody... Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, so, so yeah, I heard about, like, TC had a whole hard boot contingent of gnarly dudes back in those yeah, times as well. Yeah, I imagine. Uh, so we'll rewind a little bit. We sort of mentioned sub-20. Yep. And uh, I sort of want to talk about that a bunch because it was like the Debs and Lucas started it. Yep. But it had a huge team. Like, huge Like, team. the Grom squad was... Like what? So were you legs? <laughs> no, me. Yeah, me legs and Barnaby Newton, mm. uh, Sam Duvall, Sam Duvall, and others. <laughs> I'm trying to remember, but the, the big thing was there was Tony Howarth, mm-hmm. legend, uh, Steve Dunson. No way, Steve. Yep. Dun- what before he was Huffer? Yep. Whoa. Before he was Huffer, and then who else did we had? We had like Glenn Smith. Um, there's Woolly, Tony Wilson. Q as well, right? Quinton. Yep. Yeah. I've got a drag. We've got a box of photos, and there's a, a photo of the whole team. I think it was it was Vic Vic Newman was on the team. Um, oh, I can't quite remember, but there's this picture of all of us. We did this photo shoot, and all of us sitting on these shipping containers. Oh right. And we're all the whole team. There would have been I don't know, twenty five of us. 
Red. Pretty of a sick photo. I found the picture of a whole bunch of you guys on a on a bulldozer. I was like, oh, it's sick, and it was. Uh, Where was that? Um, it was on one of the. Oh, I think it was the History of New Zealand snowboarding. Glenn Leggett might have actually put it up. Oh yeah. On there, and I don't. It wasn't twenty five people, but I was looking through. I was like, I'm sure that most of the people you just mentioned were yep. on there. Yeah. So. Oh, probably probably was the same photo shoot. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty funny. I mean, I didn't know that Steve Dunstan was on sub twenty. Yeah. Yeah. For a while, that was so, before Huffer started. And so he, he was a bit of a fixture in Queenstown. He was some rally driving shit or something. I don't know about that. No, I would say Glenn Howe was the rally driver. Yeah. Glenn Howe. Was he your sub-20 as well? No, he wasn't. He was Hallie Hanson. He rode for Hallie Hanson. Right. Um, but he had the car. He always had the camper van in the car. And he was definitely a good drifter. Right. And well, he was a Queenstown he, raised lad too. No, he is a North Island boy, uh, Albany way. And yeah, and he mm. came down probably... I don't know when he came down. Probably four years after we started snowboarding. He was kind of like it was real early, so it was mm. he was part of the crew. For yeah, sure. it's always associated you guys as yeah, yeah we're one big posse, tight yeah. unit sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, and because um, he had his own trust snowboard thing. Trust snowboards. On. Yep, that came a bit later. Yep, and super sick. Man, um, fucking speaking of Glen Leggett, were you there? I think we talk about it in Diggs's episode. When he um, jumped off the fucking chairlift into the half pipe. Yep, I was there. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. That's pretty. Do pretty, we need pretty to say? Special. Do we need to say more about that? Or oh, we need to say that. Why did no one get a photo? Mm. Yep. yep. But it was just just typical legs. Didn't really think think it through too too much and just go for it. Right. And that's you know no one legs since I was in primary school. I've witnessed. A lot of days like that. A lot of injuries. A lot of missing teeth and oh, yeah. broken bones and rolled <laughs> right. ankles and yeah. yeah. So I, I, um, <laughs> I was asking around about him because he's hopefully still coming on. And someone, oh, fuck, one someone in Queenstown was like, "Oh, you fucking ask him about how he used to, used to get into fights with all the bouncers and bars oh, and shit." Yeah. So he's just in, him and his brothers were like gnarly dudes and. Well, no, his brothers. No, he's got he's got three other brothers. So there's Stephen, Scott, and Niles, or Nathan Niles. Um, but Niles was the younger youngest, mm. and he was he used to skate and hang. Ended mm. up being DJ, super sick. And um, yeah, so no, but yeah, a bit of yeah. So I met Niles. Definitely got into a bit of trouble. Yeah, you're right. So so I met Niles um, '98, and he was fucking. Uh, like at the, at the old Queenstown skate park. Yep. And he was. This what was, old skate park was that? Like like the um, one that Calvin Mears designed. It was all transition. Oh, the one with the ramp. Yeah, and yep. then and then it was had the concrete transition yep. built off it. Yeah. And I remember just watching him and he was just doing all these boneless combos. Yep. Always. Yep. And I was confused because that was a trick I associated with like punk rock Hessian dudes, and he was all like this fresh hip hop dude. Yep. with the crooked cap doing all his boneless like out of it boneless tricks he had like fucking first dude I seen do like a boneless to lip slide on in yep. that indoor park and shit yep. and I was just tripping I was never seen it was like it's funny because he didn't really skate he wasn't really into it for ages and then all of a sudden he just started hanging out because we all you know we skated every day and every night and I remember he started a bit later 
but yeah, he just got, he was always this little nails was always this little bit alternative, and he always I remember all snowboarding. He's like, nah, I don't like snowboarding. Don't like snowboarding. Next thing, he's snowboarding, but he's chosen to go and to ride in hard boots, like random, like <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know why, but anyway, oh, it was pretty sick. And so speaking of Glenn Leggett, you um you guys were bandmates back in this time too, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what's the story there? Uh, well, yeah, we were at school together and we had a punk band called Play Lunch. Yep, rad band. We played pretty hard out thrash punk. <laughs> um, and I was the worst band member for sure. I was the drummer. Oh, right. So, yep, yeah. Yep. Another drummer story. Oh, just a drama story where I is I was very shit. I was basically at school. Basically, we formed a band when I couldn't play, so basically, I only just started picking up the sticks, and basically got thrown into concerts within two weeks of learning how to play. So I was absolutely, absolutely crap. <laughs> Everyone else, Legs is a bass player, and he's really good. And we had this other guy who was the guitarist and who was a really good guitarist. Um, yeah. So that was that was interesting. We ended up. Um, I remember when we hit the Queenstown skate park, you know, the ramp that was there at that mm. that park that you're talking about. So Sam Duvall's dad, my dad, and the Lions Club, we all got together and we all actually got that ramp built. So um, and got that park all started. Um, but we ended up having this big concert we had a reggae band and we ended up in the mm. punk band for that because there was a skate park before that in the old swimming pool right <laughs> yep. was that till ollie bloody stole the ramp <laughs> fuck you ollie <laughs> fuck you <laughs> yeah all yeah. right so we had this uh old swimming pool in queenstown it's now a car park mm. so basically through through the council we got this old abandoned swimming pool there that was the old public swimming pool mm. so we basically used to jump the fence we started skating it and we just put plywood up and then basically i don't even know who went to the council but i think maybe jeremy northcott helped and he went to the council and said yep okay we can get a skate park built we basically had the old toilet blocks and the ablution box where every weekend a few more blocks were missing i lucky that the whole roof didn't bloody cave in um but yeah that was pretty sick and then we got all the transition you know, it was all bowled out, all ready to go, all ready to pour concrete, and then basically just got pulled from us and said, nah, not going to build it. I'm going to put a car park there instead. Oh, Until right. this day, it's just a dirt car park. Yeah. But that was cool. It was a cool hangout. It was a pretty cool scene. Oh, actually got a cool photo of a, of a graffiti on the wall. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's a picture of, it's a cartoon picture of every one of us. So oh, there's no Sam way. Duvall legs me glenn howe yeah a whole bunch of crew right. pretty funny but yeah the story goes we had a ramp which was spy ginge tony wilston trappers they built that ramp the first queen ramp there mm. was in queenstown <clears throat> and it went up near bumble's backpackers at the top of top of the main street main street no top of whatever that road's called and um <clears throat> we used to skate that yeah, all the time, do that. That was cool. And then he ended up getting shipped out to Frankton. And I lived at Frankton. My parents lived out there. So that was actually ended up being pretty close to my backyard. So I skated that. And then it got moved back into town at that pool. It got cut down a few times from then because it was a tight little, mm. very tight little thing. And that's what we learned to skate on. So, 
Yes, super tight chain. Super, yeah. super tight, right? Gnarly tight. Um, yeah, and then basically it was pretty shitty. But we'd patch it, we'd patch it, and we'd skate it. We'd still skate it. Mm. It was to this to these days standards. No one else would skate it. And then we, me and legs, yep, go go to the skate park to go hang out. Turn up and it's gone. Oh man. Like <laughs> oh, fuck now it's gone. Oh, the council's got it. They've taken it away. Oh shit, they've t- getting rid of it. And then we find out later, like a few days later, that frickin' Ollie had frickin' come over and put it on the back of a truck and stolen it. <laughs> yeah. Then stolen up, it, Ollie. Stolen it. Ended up out the back yeah. of the boardhouse to sit its uh, yep. rest of its time out. No, I got replied though. So it's good, and it got good mm. use. Man, I, I mean, I say in the other episodes, like, I can remember just rock to faking it, being like, well, that felt like an achievement. It was. Um, I, that's <laughs> where I learned how to rock to fake it. I mm. remember having the, the, what were they called on your trucks, the plastic? Um, copers? Were they called copers? No, we had the copers no, that sat over before you seek a grind, the plastic grinders. Right. But then you had those things that sat over your kingpin. Well, they lappers. I don't know what they were called. Oh, I remember having to have I mean, those to that, learn how that's to fake before it. my time on a, on a skateboard. Thanks. But thanks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just a late bloomer skating. I started in yeah. 95 at 15. and Yeah. It's but, pretty funny. Yeah, but, but later. But you mentioned before um, Sam Duvall and his dad. And his dad was actually like snowboarding at the time, giving you guys all lifts up the hill and shit, right? Yep. Dennis? Dennis Duvall. Yep. Yeah. No, thank you, Dennis, for... Uh, our upbringing in snowboarding really he's got a big part to play for sure for all of us yeah crew yep he had the v-dub beetle that he had got its sign written to look like a cop car oh yeah pretty rad (laughs) yeah and we just packed into that thing about you know there's about three of us in the boot and just every day we're just mission up in this v-dub that coronet rad because I remember like back then because like how much older like how old would he have been in his 40s or uh, we were pretty young so I guess we were 14 15 yeah so everyone felt was like, way older than us everyone mm. was old then so but I remember he was doing the masters so I guess he was probably in his late 30s or yes yeah, so I mean definitely in, in those times seeing someone that age on the snowball you'd be like whoa like yeah, you know, there, there was, it was, but there was a bit of a crew. Oh, was it a bit of a crew? Mm. But have, a crew. like having said that, like I said in other episodes, like my granddad was in his fifties snowboarding back then, and my dad was in his mid to late thirties. But there yeah. just wasn't heaps of no. But my dad snowboarded. Deb's dad snowboards. Oh, yeah. Still to this day, snowboards. Right. How old's he? I'll get it wrong, but um, I, uh, he is coming up to 80 that's awesome yeah yeah i'm hoping my granddad comes up this year he's he's 81 now but he's a he, you know, he was a professional he was a cyclist like a really good cyclist and um so he's kind of quite young for his age man yeah yeah but um i mean that's rad that um like he's willing to do that for all the kids like fucking slam in the back of uh, a whole bunch yeah. of teenage boys in the back of the car and fucking wait oh yeah go, all know? the time missions every yeah i guess it was always the weekends and the old day that we wagged school and mm. he did that and I, I actually have one memory of him fucking we're all so, i was jammed in the boot of the car and i remember it was just dumb and we were up coronet and it was dumping and all of a sudden these cars started sliding across the road everywhere 
Then we backed out. And Dennis was trying to... What was he trying to... I think he was trying to push someone out. Because someone had crashed into someone else. And next thing, the freaking Coronet uh, road truck came. You know, the big... Mm. The freaking Land Cruiser with the big pads on the front. The big bull bar. Mm. Next thing, he comes flying down. Yep. And then he just breaks. And he just starts sliding. Sliding. And Dennis is standing right in front of him. And just gets sandwiched between these two cars. Fucking hell. Fuck yeah. I remember being, being right there and being stuck in this boot, just watching this guy thinking, oh my God, he's going to fucking die. You know, and like, how injured was he after that? No, nah, he, was, he, he was all good. Got sandwiched um, between two cars and walks away from yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck. Fucking hell, Dennis. Dennis, fucking, Dennis holy yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. I hope you well, Dennis. And funny. this must be about the same time I've seen a picture online of you and Legs like jibbing handrails. Oh, yeah. At the, um, yeah below the base building and shit yeah that's because we got our we got our passes taken off us <laughs> yeah, yeah how'd you get your passes taken oh, off oh we tried well we went out back bowls back bowls of coronet when it was roped off out of bounds and um we got chased we tried to do a runner but we couldn't outrun the skier um yeah you get stuck when you hit the lift line at the bottom i think remember us running through the calf trying to run away from him but yeah we ended up pulling our passes on the school holidays so far so we ended up snowboarding those buildings jump, all right jumping off the roof and way way ahead of your time with that one yeah i thought it might have been um because you guys um, I, I'm just making an assumption that it was uh, due to the no hits, no jumps policy on the M1 trail. I don't think anyone listened to that. That was just sort of, you just don't get caught. You know? mm. Yeah. And that was because everyone, you know, Coronet, as you know, Coronet mm. is the raddest mountain. And yes. it's for side hits, it's just like you cannot beat it. Side hit capital A. Uh, yeah. And everyone just used to just plough into other people. And, mm. and back then, snowboards were freaking gnarly. They're heavy. Your boots weighed a ton, mm. and if you hit someone, you would near kill them. Mm. Yeah. And also, I think there was a, a still a new thing, and yeah, the etiquette on both sides wasn't really understood too much. <laughs> well, it's not what it's referring. Yeah. <laughs> You'd go flying back onto the trail and land mm. on someone. It's probably not a good etiquette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, right. So like NZ Shred Sub Twenty, they were your first sort of sponsors, yep. sort so, of thing. NZ Shred was my first sponsor me and league's part of the team remember jeremy gave us a jacket and had a big ended shred on the back rad we were hooked up and i remember sam deval was on sub 20 um and barnes barnaby newton and i remember me and glenn i shouldn't speak for glenn but i remember myself um just being so envious and wanting to be on the sub 20 team yeah it just had the it was a so so mm. like the gear was you know very rad you know awesome. massive baggy canvas pants awesome team as well and shit awesome mm. team yep mm. yep so and then a couple of it wasn't that but i probably had that jacket for that season and then the next season we ended up being on sub 20 but i remember that dev and luke had to go and have meetings with jeremy yeah over us being on the team right. so i don't think sub 20 was that big back then in his shop it wasn't no it wasn't huge before like it blew up yeah big time but but it was before then and i remember they were wanting to hook us up but i remember jeremy having a bit of an issue with it and, and um they had, were having to have meetings and all and he, he made us make the choice we're just like fuck yeah we're running for sub 20. so that cancelled out riding for nz shred no 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 we still i've oh, no, rode for nz shred mm. for years but um yeah 
no, pretty cool. Mm, that's sweet. I mean, yeah, sub twenty. I remember wishing I could afford their jackets. Yeah, I'd see them in cheapskates in Dunedin and be like, damn, like this shit's fucking awesome, you know? Yeah. There's one Queenstown dude that we sort of haven't talked about. It's like Denny Bevan, because Denny, yeah, because it's like I guess I always assume like all Queenstown dudes rode for sub twenty, but. He wasn't on that team, but no, he was kicking around and shit. The he way. was, but he was sort of. It was a different era, like so. Denny was, I, I, I assume he's three years older than me. Mm. So back then, when you're fifteen, you know that's way older, you know. So, yeah. but he, he used to live actually next door to me when I first moved to Queenstown when I was a grown up. Not that he probably remembers that, and um, but yeah, he was a guy that I looked up to. Mm. For sure, you know he was the Vul- he was the Vulcan guy, and the Burton dude, right? And super sick. Yeah, as you um, as you noted, um, the photo of him at Barrow's big air. Yes, yeah, I remember standing up on the. I was up on that wall, you know, yeah. the, up behind Red Star there, up the up on that retaining wall. I was standing up there watching him do that, and when Danny Meyer got wasted. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, pretty funny. Yeah, I mean that pitch is unreal. I, I want to find it. It's yeah. like people need to see that shit again, eh? Yeah. Well, like, that would be cool to have a big air downtown. It'd be cool to have a big air in general, mm. wouldn't it? But to have one downtown would be Speaking of Barrows, I found, when I was going through my magazines, I found the picture of you accepting your trophy at the 96 Nationals <laughs> yep, or your yep. award for um, overall or something. Um, <laughs> do you remember that night? No, probably not. No, <laughs> far out. I remember the Nationals were like, hey, um, fuck. It was like, because... I don't know what it was. It was always... Nationals are always in Wanaka. But I remember it was an excuse to go party. That's all it was. It was like, we go, ride, but it was basically everyone from the North Island, everyone from Wanaka, Queenstown, Dunedin, everywhere, Christchurch, they come down, and it's just this massive party. Yeah. And, yeah, a lot of young, drunken kids. <laughs> well I've talked about another episode so I won't talk about that night but it was fucking awesome or like someone yeah. coming up from Dunedin that wasn't part of the scene be like oh I got to live it for a night that was fucking sick yeah I can't believe we actually were allowed in a pub but mm. I remember when you look back at those nationals they were sponsored by like DB yeah like the beer companies yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah drop, dropping the ball a bit now and mm. um and we sort of mentioned that Coronet had a pipe, which a lot of people seem to struggle to believe that Coronet actually had a pretty decent it had the, it, pipe for a while. For right? the time, it probably had the best pipe. Cadrona mm. had a good. Cadrona had the best shape pipe, mm. but it had that funky that wall that was in the shape. As half pipe riders would know, that Cadrona's got that one wall that was used to be. I shouldn't say it used to be this funny, never got the sun, hard wall to ride. Yeah, it was normally a backside wall if you're yep. a regular yep. rider. And um, but Coronet had this, yeah, had a sick pipe actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember Alan Clark from Whistler. He came over mm. and he helped with Yannick was the pipe groomer, I'm pretty mm. sure. And he came in and helped him reshape it. And because he shaped um, super pipe, he was the first guy to make a super pipe up right. in Broome Ridge and in Canada and um, he came and told him to dig out through the centre of the pipe to make it bigger but yeah that thing was rad but it only got shaped for comps yeah right so that's why when we competed back then it was like we went really hard when we competed but it was all about learning new tricks when there was a comp because it was the only time the pipe was good yeah 
So I remember the, the park that was around there, must be about 95, 96, it was consisted of forklift pallets that were stacked in a steer. I've got pictures of it somewhere yeah. in, the, in a steer yep. sort of thing. And, um, you know, bumps and shit. And then those yellow snowboard shop picnic tables. You remember those? I no. don't have a picture of them. There, but there were these. Oh, I do tables. actually. Yes, mm. and it was all down that one zone. Because mm. yep. I remember my mum being like, "Oh, I'm gonna have my lunch there," ha ha ha, and all that shit, you know. Yeah, that yeah. was a cool. We zone. I remember the first before we even had a half fight was Tony Howarth, uh, a guy called Tully. Mm-hmm. If you're listening, um, fuck, who's the other guy? Um, McDonald, Alex McDonald, mm-hmm. um, and then obviously Woolly and Trappers and all that, and they built a quarter pipe right at, at where the top of that was. There used to be this bump in this this hill, and they built this handmade this quarter pipe. Okay, this always picture that and then ripping that thing. It was probably really shit, but um, yeah, that was sick. Um, how did uh, getting on Burton come about? Uh, yeah. Burton, I think the one sponsor that I can remember is Oakley. Oh. Um, right. And that was when they came in and I was working at the industry and I was in the, the workshop and it was Scotty Casey and this lady came in and basically offered me a contract. Like, basically walked in to a shop where I was working and asked if I wanted to ride for them, you know, set up a meeting. And that was for Oakland. I remember that um, clearly. Um, with Burton, I don't really remember when that happened. I do remember going to Ohau when I just got on for the Burton Cake Bake Off. Oh, yeah? Yep, for the Powder 8s. Yeah. Um, and I remember Seamus being there, bringing out his Golden Dragon. and it's Golden Dragon? Don't worry. And, uh, um, hell no. Hell no. Mm. And, yeah, I remember way back, him, Guy, Cheryl, the whole Sweet. crew. But that, 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 I tell you what, that was probably one of the best events and it's it's missed in New Zealand snowboarding. Completely. The cake bake off. Oh, the cake, um, yep. The powder eights cake bake off. Yeah. So which was basically a, I think it was a week long holiday. Basically, we all went to Ohau Lodge and massive party, powder eights. So they they closed the whole top face for us, and they they let it, all the snow settle, and then we all had to do powder eights. <laughs> so we all had to go make a synchronized, and who had the best. Powder eight, and they would have mainly looked like spaghetti lines. No, no, no. I thought they were pretty good. Me, me and Luca won it. I think oh, we yeah. won it twice actually. Oh, yeah. um, go. Ma- matching, yeah. Go so to wear the matching outfits, and yeah, I'd love to see the. There's video. There was videos and everything of that, so it's oh, pretty man. cool to find one of those. I mean, reading about it, it sounded awesome. Was this we know how it was a T bar? Yep. Back then, yep. shit, that was a ball breaker. To I haven't been there since there's been a chairlift actually. Fuck, I just mm. can't even imagine how, how it was done, like, riding that same chairlift, like, fuck, it's a long T-bar ride. Oh, yeah. I remember oh, riding. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And then you hike the ridge just for some, just for a rest. <laughs> yeah, well, you're usually buggered, but then they have yeah. that run around the back, like what they were saying about um, uh, Woolly's shoot mm. that he's got there. Yeah, and I know that shoot. I remember me and um, a guy, uh, Pinkers. Troy, Troy Walton, uh, he um, used to ride the sub-20 and we went out the back and hiked out the back, hiked up and we ended up in the chute and the cliff, there was a cliff in the middle of it and we basically had to spend half of the rest of the afternoon like until about five at night hiking out of the chute because we couldn't, no way out of it. But that's the one that Wooly did. 
fucking hell. I think I found a picture of that in NZ Snowwater, and it's like, whoa, that's mm. serious commitment. That's yeah. Fuck. That place in Nali. I remember Sam Devold is coming back, just this whole pants and jacket just ripped to shreds, just like jumped off a rock and just got, you know, landed mm. on a hole. With that. The gnarly rocks under there. Mm. Oh, they've claimed many a head and board, though, oh, how, oh, oh, on yeah. the low snow season. Um, fucking shark teeth. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you get a few boards in the workshop that come back. Like a tiger's trying to use, like, oh, you yep. went out there, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we just left. But don't let that put you off. It's fucking mean it if is. anyone's listening. It is. Mm. So, Burton, so you were just getting float boards through Guy and Cheryl? Yeah, Guy and Cheryl to start with. Or so, Sh- well, it's actually. So, uh, did you make an impression at, at that Oh How? No, I think it was before then I got hooked up. I remember me and Legs were kind of. Because the sub 20 factory, well, their unit, Dem Luke's unit, was next door to the Burton factory in Christchurch and Fairway. Okay. So it was pretty rad. Like, Burton had this team that was just all time mm. team, and it was this big family, which is not quite, it's not like that anymore. We don't, yeah. you know, Burton's not like that at all. Um, but then you've got, and then Sub 20 had the same sort of setup with mm. this massive family of people around it. And um, I just remember this getting boards, me and Legs went up. Remember hitting that windlet, you know, up above the half pipes there with the fences? Whereabouts is this? And Kadrona. Kadrona, oh yeah. On yeah. the twin oh, that you yeah. had, and yeah. that was the first time that we were trying those, we wanted those twins after watching mm. a few videos. And um, I think it was like a 38 or something we were trying. And that thing, um, yeah, I remember hucking off that windlet. But yeah, basically straight after that, I got hooked up, um, which was good. Rode for Burton for years, actually. And that was hooked up by Seamus and Guy. And mm. then Seamus left um, and did the Balkan. And then it was Guy and Cheryl. Mm. Thanks, guys. And Sonny. Ah, sweet. Sonny, yeah. Yeah, because so you were pretty much Burton for your whole tenure as yep. a... Yep. Did right. you end up going through Burton International? Yeah, yeah, I had a contract program? probably a couple of years after that. Then I sort of had a contract with the guys in America. Yeah. Which was great, um, which was really good actually. Remember having to send these like thirty-page fax. You had to fax, it, you know, <laughs> everything back then, and um, yeah, send the contract through and all our photo incentives, and yeah, it was pretty rad. Um, but I remember fucking turning up in Japan one day. And I was just like trying to get gear, like when you turn up in a country and you're trying to get your package. Oh, fuck, it's a mission. So you weren't travelling with boards like Burton would send boards to where you were going or something? Yeah, they would, yep. Right. But it was, you're just hoping that they're there when you turn up, you know, yeah. it's definitely a bit like that, and um, sometimes they just didn't turn up. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> then you sort of uh, just have yeah. to spray paint Burton on the bottom or whatever. Oh, I know, you'd eventually or... get them, you'd be begging to get one quickly, quickly, and then you'd get these boots that are like rock hard, and you'd be like, oh my God. <laughs> no, but that, that was super sick. So I had that contract until I was 20, 22. So you know, got sponsored really. by Fax? Yeah, well, I got Awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But let's say, yes, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, that's pretty great. Fucking, uh, and so you mentioned Japan. Was this when you were over with uh, Trevor and Quentin and yep. those dudes? Yep. So the first year I went to Japan, basically I worked, I was 17 and I took off on my own so basically Queenstown crew legs Glen Howe all that I worked a lot I would change a shred and and I coached for Wintech 
um, but basically I was just like, yeah, I had some Japanese, like quite a few Japanese friends, as people won't realise, but the Japanese in town back then was the, insane. The like, Kadrona half pipes were just... Japan. And Coronet, both yeah. just like thousands mm. of people you know, up either side from of the Japan deck. and it was so cool and we had mm. the, a lot of good good friends so yeah basically they talked me into coming to Japan and I was like yep cool didn't know much about it um, and through a couple of other people kind of heard some stories about how the sick the powder is very unknown you know mm. there's few people knew about it yeah but yeah so I saved my money basically jumped on a plane landed in Tokyo Drove up to Niseko. I didn't drive. Nah. I had a friend that drove, fucking sketchy drive up there in this, this little freaking Honda Civic or whatever we were in. Yeah. Nearly sliding off the road. And um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Turned up there, stayed at Pow Pow. Fine. Ross, Ross Carty, oh, who yeah. does No Ask, No Ask. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Yeah, yep, yep. So we stayed there. And then about two. Probably about a week into it, uh, then Trev, Quinton, Roy, Hawthorne, they turned up. So I was there by myself. Right. And then basically they turned up about a week later, and I didn't know. Them. I knew Quinton, like knew of Quinton, and I knew... sub-20. Yeah, sub-20. I didn't really... We didn't hang out or know mm. each other that well at all then. Um, but yeah, because I was a bit more of a grommet. And yeah, and that was it. We basically were roomies, and story started and and some i'm wondering that must have been close to the first time that those dudes went there and yeah i think roy and quint were sponsored by a japanese company Mm. so they go into a photo shoot down near tokyo somewhere for a bit before they came up to hokkaido and yeah but trevor was trev's first time to japan too so and then he became thing. pretty much became a local for then he didn't leave decades yeah yeah, yeah. Right. so yeah i did six six years i think five or six years back to back three months on through in japan all right and so, segueing into other places as well yeah or? then we, yeah well basically from that we just had a three months in japan just riding in there and then we're got to the end of it we're like oh shit let's um they're like we're going to america to do a roadie and I was like, sweet, can I come? You know, sweet. So I flew home back to New Zealand. Uh, Ten days later, I'm on a plane to the States. Um, I'd saved my $10,000, you know, over yeah. the five years previously, trying to get to go snowboarding. And, um, yep, we turned up in LA and met up, bought a hand-painted Datsun 18. Oh, awesome. Yep. It does, doesn't scream stolen whatsoever. No. And that thing got us from, yeah, fuck. Yeah, it got us a long way. All the way through the States, up to Canada, and all the way back down, down to Mexico. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Man. And you, Quentin and Trev. Me, Quint, Trev, and Glenn Jones. Where are you Glenn Jones? Yeah, Glenn Jones was a, he's a character. Yeah. One of the OG sort of... OG like. snowboarder. He was there in Japan and with us. And he was... Whatever went wrong, went wrong with Glenn. Really? Yep. Example. Example. We were, I guess... Well, I, there's a few stories I won't say on here. Um, yeah. But there... <laughs> I just one class when we turned up we're driving but I don't know where we were I can't even remember much now um, we're driving between 
I think up towards Tahoe or something and then we rock up and next thing we look it up on the roof and we're like fuck and all his board bag's gone <laughs> the whole th- his whole board bag oh, flew off the roof of the car and it was gone forever gotcha. so and then he had no money he had no nothing so he's borrowing money off all of us and trying to get a board and yeah that thing yeah and then no boots and then yeah just oh, continuous that, that's the worst nightmare traveling or snowboarding like yeah. the thing about how rock bottom I did my trip and it's like if my board broke that's my trip done like I yeah. couldn't afford to replace it no. so that would be fucking holy shit that would suck yeah I mean, we mentioned Japan and Trev and there is a story actually hoping you can sort of talk about because I've seen it on YouTube somewhere uh, there was some avalanche story that you and Trev were involved in a rescue with. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. That. So basically, it was me. It was me. Quit. Sorry if I've left anyone else that was there. I'm pretty sure someone else might have been. But we're, um, you know, the cliffs. Do you know the cliffs? Is that well? It's, it was, it was roped off for a long time after. It's right? always been roped off, mm. you know, and it was roped off then too. Well, with everywhere was roped off, and yeah. everywhere was out of bounds back then. But um, we were going up the back, up the peak, and then we, we traverse over, and we you ride down to the cliffs, which is mm. this big zone where these big cliffs are, and we just all knew you don't don't ride there at all. It is avalanche prone. You just don't even go there. But we always do this wide line and mm. come down the side of it and it's the sickest run but it's all out of bounds you're not allowed there and we kind of we're doing this mission it was me Q and Trev and we're just out the back we went a bit wider than we normally do we had a sick powder run and then we were coming back up over this ridge hiking back up over this ridge before we dropped down this face and we're just like fuck there's a whole group of people down the bottom of the, of the cliffs fuck what's going on oh shit we're in trouble we're in trouble we're gonna fucking because back then you just your pass would get pulled mm. if you went out of bounds at all you know yeah. you would just get yeah get slaughtered and um so basically we're like fuck and we can't turn back turn back now we've got to go down it's the only way home and we we kind of went fuck it let's go and we went down there and he's thing that is yelling at us yelling at us and we turn up and there was four people who had been buried mm. in this avalanche they had been snowshoeing and some snowshoe tour and they had been yeah completely buried and um so we're just like fuck so we all went into panic mode and started helping and shoveling these people out trying to find them and i don't know it was been 10 minutes and we found i think there's three or four three people under Mm. and they yeah i remember the girl that they found and then basically i remember standing there and they go And then the patrollers that were there were like, does anyone know how to do CPR? Because, you know, they weren't breathing. And I was just like, I reluctantly, because, you know, from school, didn't my school CPR, which I freaking didn't really know, but I was just like, so I reluctantly put my hand up, knowing that the fucking patrollers don't know jack shit. Yeah. And basically got forced into um, giving this girl CPR, you know, trying to resuscitate this this lady and um yeah Trev was there and um we're all just digging they found the other two one of them luckily his head was in a creek um well just in in this ear pocket Mm. and he survived and he was good but the girl that we i just remember for i was just doing it for eight until the helicopter arrived to pick to get her and 
but yeah, she passed away. She didn't make it. And uh, yeah, it's a story I haven't really told many people. But um, yeah, I just remember that. My gloves blew away when the helicopter came. And I remember hiking all the way out from there. You know what Japan's like, no gloves yeah. on. Not, yeah. not cold at all. You know, just must have been the adrenaline just yeah. fucking going through. And that's probably the one story with Trev that I remember getting back to the house and just going up to my room and um yeah and he's just like you know i I can remember i can remember him saying no one else said anything there's you know a house full of Mm. uh, pad and no one else said anything and he's just like i hope he's going to be all right you know Mm. i mean that's kind of guy trev was you know he'd always think of other people yeah he was a rad good guy the reason I brought this up mm-hmm. is uh, obviously Trevor passed away yep. about a week ago, yep. and so before um, before that, I was YouTubing Trev because Offshore put a really cool mini documentary out on yep. the brand Offshore. And um, <clears throat> anyway, I come across something else. It's like, oh, fuck, we'll have a listen, and it's a fucking awesome story from Trev. And anyone that's listening, YouTube Trev uh, Trevor Ponting, and I'm sure you'll find it because it'll tell better than I can but there's some story about he's riding somewhere over here and bumps into a Japanese guy and they get talking and uh, he's like and Trev's like oh I live in Niseko or something mm. and the guy's like were you involved in an avalanche rescue and he's like at this time and so it would be the one that you're talking mm. about and um, yeah and they get talking it turns out that it's the guy that he pulled out they fucking really? they fucking meet again. Really? Oh uh, man, I fucking shivers down my spine listening to this. Cool. Like, holy shit. Like that's fucking Yeah, that's pretty cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah that's I'll um yeah, like uh, mm. check it out on YouTube because obviously Trev tells the story, yep. so yep. it's told way better than I'm delivering it. But I was just like, holy shit, that's just for them I think it's like twelve or fifteen years later, something they all that they yeah, they all meet each up. Other. Yeah, that, that's bizarre. Yeah. yeah, and that's awesome. That's just one of those like, wow, well, maybe there is higher powers at play sometimes every now and then and shit, eh? Maybe, but, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yep. No, but, he was. He's Trev's. Uh, yeah. Trev. Mm. There's lots of stories about Trev, um, but I think you know Trev was someone that would. He. He was. He was good at everything he did. Mm. And yeah. I mean that because he'd tell you he was good at everything he did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, yeah, I think he taught me, you know, we, he, he, no one knows this fact that he was a chess champion at his school. Really? Yep. Wow. You would not think of that of the smelly dreadlock dude. Um, yeah. But he, yeah, and he taught me how to juggle. He's a really good juggler. Um, yeah, pretty funny. Me, but, me yeah, he's, he's a good, good... He was basically... I would consider him like when I first travelled. He was my father. Okay, yeah. You know, like he was my big brother. You know, rock that, solid dude. Rock solid that yeah. just helped me through it. You know, there's Quint and Glenn Jones, but <laughs> but Trev was the you know he was the captain for sure. Yeah, yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, um, miss you, Trev. Love you, mate. Yeah, rest in peace. Yeah, but mm. um, so with snowboarding, um. What what influences are you looking at writing wise, like local and international? Like local, I would say it was. Well, there's Quentin, of course. Mm. Quentin, Ollie Brunton, 
don't really know. Ollie, yeah, well, Ollie was sick. You know, the magazines, mm. those rewinds and those sick shots yeah. up TC. You just couldn't couldn't beat it. But Quint, but I'd say Denny was probably my biggest. It was Woolly, Woolly, mm. but Denny was probably the young. Probably I could associate with Denny probably a bit yeah. more, where he was just like, oh my god, he's on Balcom, he's on Burton, he's this rad. So he character. was sort of that ripper that was maybe more attainable. Well, I don't think anyone thought no. like that. You just kind of just looked up to or people. Or relatable and, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Mm. Um, and then Dill, of course. And then um, and everyone else that's out there ripping. But um, mm. Brian Aguchi was probably my yeah my guy that right. I did. We Gucci, Noah Slaznik, and probably my first first fan out was be Damien Sanders. Oh, yeah. Hard to beat Damien. Critical Conditions. Mm. I watched that video over and over and over, and then that step to Brian Gucci and Roadkill. You know. Yeah, um, how how good is that movie Roadkill? It's oh, it's just it's my yeah, mm. it's just all time, mm. and it's just yeah, it's sick. <laughs> I mean, fuck, I mean, what a lineup in that movie though. It's like Gucci, yeah. Terrier, Cardiel, Ranquet, Brushy. Brushy. Yeah, it's like. No yeah. effects, Pennywise. Goes yeah. for a name. They, Blood. They, and they're skating as much as they're snowboarding. Yeah, and, yeah. Because I think my favourite section was that part where they all go to Breckenridge and they're just doing... Donuts in the car park? Donuts in the car park and yeah. flat ground with Fudge Tunnel in yeah. the background. Yeah, oh, Fudge Tunnel. And, uh, yeah. and still... And that was one of my favourite ones to watch. It's just like, whoa, like... I heard but, Ollie say that too, mm. and I was thinking, yeah, it's funny how we all kind of gravitate to that one mm. video. I wonder if it's because you just couldn't get videos and DVDs, oh, and it was man. the one that came, it came through at that time into our. Sh- it was so hard for me to get. Videos. Did you ever buy videos? Yeah, I, I'm not in Dunedin. I, no, when well, I well, would when I would come to Queenstown, I have like whatever money I had saved up from my jobs I was doing. Mm. Like I bought like a live we ride in the garden from, well one from NZ Street and one yep. from Stephen Cheap, respectively. Like I couldn't get them into there, and like, like I didn't see Roadkill when it came out. I seen it about five years later because I couldn't get. A, and then it was a dub copy of a dub copy. Oh yeah, that's all. Copy. I've got I've got boxes still and, at home now. I'm mm, dub copy. I've got crib. Mm, I dubbed on dubbed. And it was just like, I can't remember even mm. seeing them in the shop to buy. the only core snowboard shop at the time was Cheap Skates in Dunedin, for, for me. Yeah, but what was the other skate shop in Dunedin? Was it Hydro? Oh, it was Hydro Surf, which was like a surf, snow, and then they started, they dabbled with skate. No. But they, they, they were mainly a surf. Oh, I bought my first skate, it wasn't cheap, it was before Cheapies was there. Right. And I bought my first skateboard there, Sims. Or well, maybe Hydro dabbled in. But I remember at, at this time in the 90s... Was Hydro real early? Or were they later? Guessing, fuck, I'm... There was a skate shop early. Right, so it's probably it before I, I started skating. Because, like, fuck, like... When they all skated the octagon? All the guys? Like yeah, yeah. Like Nigel and... Uh, and um, Shaka. Shaka and Chris West and all those yep. dudes. Yeah. So, like, I'd, I'd stand on the other side of the road and watch them skate. This is before I started skating. Being like, fuck, I wish I could do that. Do you remember that TV interview? Because they're trying to kick them out of the octagon. Um, um, and there was on TV. Oh, it was on Paul the news. It was yeah, on oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, fuck, I remember watching that all the time. Yeah, so, I remember yeah. hearing about it at school. Yeah. But yeah, was, I think what I was brought that up was um, I'd buy my snowboard videos in Queenstown when we'd go up 
for the weekends just because like cheapskates there was a dude working there that was the same age as me that kind of messed with me a bunch and being a shy retard I was I just like couldn't I'd like walk past and see if he's there and if he's there I was like fuck just keep walking and shit whereas <laughs> I could walk into the shop in Queenstown and not be vibed yeah 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. I remember that there was one. There was a TV. If anyone's got one, of Trev um, was when snowboarding first blew up. Was first blowing up. Yeah. And it ended up being on the news because it was this new fad and this new sport that came into town. Mm. I remember it was Steve Dunstan. Steve had a sick back seven back then. I remember mm. him off a rock doing this sick one. But anyway, there was this on the news, and I remember this video of Trev. You know, standing outside NZ Tread. And he's a Mount Hutt boy, but he mm. was down, obviously, to do this filming for the TV. And he was... I was only a little grime, and I remember on the news, but he could not open his eyes. He was so baked. It was so, <laughs> so funny, this interview. I can still picture it now. Him in this orange jacket with these big, stinky dreadlocks just ripped. Oh, just, it was so funny. That's our spokesman. My, yeah, yeah. My parents watched sitting there with me. Oh, I want to be a snowboarder. And he's sitting there with his eyes freaking... Yeah, hardly open. So funny. Oh, and, and Steve Dunstan, like... Because everyone forgets Huffer... Was, it's this big fashion thing now, but it came from skate and snow yeah. and shit, eh? Yeah. And, yeah. Like, their first ad was him indying off a rock or something. Yeah. Um, well, he was on... Yes, yeah, so he wrote for Subbers. Steve, I... Someone else would explain Steve's story, but better than I would. Mm. Um, but he was a North Island boy, Auckland boy, um, and he came down, he wrote for Sub 20 for a minute, and I remember we used to have a weekly video um, uh, every, at Winnie's every week there'd be a someone would film all the skiing and snowboarding would have this week I remember him doing this so back seven off this big rock and um, always just I can still picture that now thinking yeah that was fucking rad and um, but anyway he ended up going up to Auckland started um, Huffer and yeah it was skate but I think he had some good friends in, who started Pavement Magazine oh yeah and um, so basically got in on that fashion side of it which mm. pavement was this fashion, high fashion mag, and um, yeah, just it started from there. But yeah, it was born as a skate and snowboard and mm. pretty sick stuff, and he did yeah. well. I mean, still doing well. Their outerwear was sick back then. Yeah, I remember if I had in the mid two thousands that Steve Ferguson jacket with a oh, circle on big. it. Yep, and yep. it's like oh man, and that was for the time, man. It was um, what's it, what's Berg's well. label that he's doing? He's I've, doing? I have no idea. It was an under a woman's underwear, right? Something was anyone else that's listening would yeah, get a yeah. place than me. But to... it's funny when you think of snowboarding and mm. back in the day, and this is why I kind of try and harp on all the kids that I'm working with and that now I'm just like, you know, like everyone's ended up something through snowboarding, you know, mm. like you're still part of it doing it, you know, you're still riding and mm. you're still working in the industry, you know, and then you got someone like Steve who started Huffar and then you got Devin Luke who did sub 20 and then you got. You know, Guy and Cheryl had Burton, and you know, there's all these people, and then like Steve, he, he started a brand, and then there's just so many stories like that. Yeah, and, and like pretty sort of a, a creative outlet sort of thing. Yeah, like, and I think just more just being like, I'll give it a go kind of attitude, that you know, sort of confidence that comes with. I think skating and stuff, yeah, yeah, you aligned you with, you know, to skate or snowboard, you, you'd try something. You've got to fail a hundred times before you'll get it. You yeah. Know? 
you're pretty stoked if you landed first try, which you yeah. always are. But um, but you've got to fail a lot, so you get used to failing a lot. Yeah. So I think your mentality of going forward is like, yep, fuck, I'm just going to give it something a go. Mm. And um, what's the worst can happen? I slam. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So when it goes through to work, and we're taking further as you get a bit older, it's like, oh, fuck, you know, just take that same attitude. I'm mm. just like, I'll just give it a go. You know, yeah. and you never know what can what can happen. Yeah, it's interesting speaking to people on on this. Even like where Diggs, who yep, that same sort of thing yep, ended up exactly. fronting Shapeshifter, and yep, and and basically, I see. There was one side of that I didn't really realize about his punk band. Mm. You know, I just remember him come rocking up into town. I thought he was actually from Hamilton. He used to skate Hamilton Bolt, like mm. gnarly. That bowl was gnarly, but um. But he those big frontside grinds when he first rocked up yeah. around that bowl and uh, super set with the big fro. He said that big fro when he rocked up. And but he used to MC the comps. Um, and that's how I always thought he started. He, we just got he, he was so good at it. And he always started singing on the mic and mm. singing a bit of Mozdef and kind of oh, it's like I can remember that too. Um, and he then started at Tardis doing those just. They started freestyling and started singing, and then when shape was a shapeshifter. Yeah, because they were they were out of Christchurch, eh? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So those guys they ended up riding one of the the was it one of the guys from it was riding for Cartel. Um, well, not riding for Cartel was basically sponsored by Cartel mm. back then, and another brand. Um, and yeah, and then basically that all just started blowing up. Mm. Okay. Base, I'm yeah, not, I'm I mean I wish I'd sort of asked him how we um, went from being this dude in a heavy metal band to being an MC I forgot to well I would have thought he'd, him, na- he'd gravitate to hip hop for sure mm. and you know I'm you know drum and bass was not really in my realm you mm. know I'm, I'm definitely a bit of a hip hop head and mm. um, so uh, yeah but yeah he did and he's mm. done, done bloody well and he's a I tell mm. you what he's a very positive and Awesome dude. Awesome dude. Yeah. 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 Uh, so you mentioned cartel. We want to talk about that a bit. That was the what street the skate clothing skate label. Um, that so was an offshoot of Sub Twenty, right? Yep. So basically Sub Twenty. So they started a skate label uh, cartel mm. back in whenever that was way back. I think the first time I seen the logo was like ninety seven something like that. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Fuck, that was rad. That was cool. Mm. So it was basically boom. Yeah, boom yeah. back then, and then strobe sort of on the sideline of yeah, that, which was there both there. Yep, they're both the same, same brand thing. Yep. Yeah. And then and then cartel came in. And cartel was fuck it, it went off like mm. it. Honestly, I remember at the where sub twenty warehouse, and you know obviously with sub twenty, and then the summer cartel there was just boxes. So cartel was, was bigger than sub twenty. Uh, in New Zealand, probably not at the. But like jeans and just streetwear mm. was just big. So it's more know? accessible, right? Yeah, more yeah. accessible. And yeah. then, but sub twenty, you had more of a like, you know, selling to Japan and yeah. places like that. So um, it was pretty big. Um, but a lot, you know, there's mm. a lot of overheads and outerwear. You know, there's a lot more yeah. compared to making a pair of trackies and skate decks. Mm. But you know, had a sick team. Mm. So, yeah, two of the older dudes I grew up with were on there. Who? Uh, Sean Duffel and Daniel DeWatner. Oh, oh, Sean Duffel. Fucking dude, Sean Duffel, still <laughs> fucking better than everyone now. I haven't seen him escape for ages. Oh my yeah, god, he's like, so good. Um, Morph, this this dude I know in Dunedin, Josh Malthus or Morph, mm. 
fuck, last time I seen him showed me some random stuff of duffel skating recently. Yep. He's still got an ollie that just needs to be seen to be believed. It's just like, bam. Oh, I remember that pop, Mornington, you know? that, that pyramid. Mm. And he used to pop. So, uh, I think we've, we've probably got a bunch mm. of photos at home. I've got... Oh. Well, I've got one of Sam Robertson's old videos somewhere where he he frontside flips that whole yep. pyramid to flat. Yep. yep. <laughs> you bring up Mornington, so about the same time he got on Cartel because it was a big deal when he got on Cartel in Dunedin. Like, oh, we were like, yeah, yeah. You know, like, because anyone that got sponsored in Dunedin, when Shaka got on Boom, it was like everyone's minds melted. And so when Sean got on Cartel, we were like, whoa. I remember just seeing this wicked moment with, with talking about his ollies. Yep. So you know that smaller bowl in Mornington? Mm-hmm. It's all around the wrong way. And you used to roll in and then pop out. We had this hell- Halloween jam there. And like thrash metal bands playing. It's total fucking daggers shit. It was awesome. A lot of carnage. I remember just rolling in to the bowl and then popping out and hearing someone behind me. And as I landed looked back and this Sean had rolled in behind me popped this fucking ollie with just the most like the perfect fucking tweak and then brings it back in in the air and yep. I was just like it had the whole like cartel cargo pant army bucket hat oh, thing yeah, going on hats, yeah. and I was just like I wished I could have taken a picture of that it was so fucking it was right it was oh, so man. good like so good yeah. and he's a sick artist you know like that you've mm. seen his art that he's doing now it's super rare yeah yeah. but yeah he was such a good skater mm. and then there's Luke in the Zark that was he was an Aussie but he lived in Queenie and then he was rad he was kind like, of the skate fixture in Queenstown for a bit eh like he was the guy well, yeah I was, guess so I guess you know the always he's really good at pop outs like big ollies mm. and big alley oops and yeah, he was. I remember we used to just go and do photos all the time. Yeah. With a sick photo of legs olling off a roof. I think I seen it on his Instagram or something. Oh, yeah, you yeah. probably, yeah, mm. yeah. We used to, yeah, pretty funny. But yeah, we used to get, yeah. Luke, he's an Aussie now. Mm. Yep. But yeah, no, he still skates heaps. He's rad. And then we had Nick Lister on the team. Oh, real? Mm. Like, so really stretched beyond the South Island, the, the skate team and shit. Yep, yep. I remember finding mm. him. He was at Browns Bay Ramp. And he was just like every variation of a blunt was just like but he was a super sick mm. street skater and did you ever see Daniel DeWatt in the skate because he, he oh. rode for Cartel late 90s early 2000s oh, I think because um, I remember just seeing this pet, like I, I grew up watching him skate he was fucking Daniel DeWatt he, he had all these out of a Benny Hunter finger flip combos and shit yeah, yeah. and like front foot impossibles but there was this rad thing, you know, like I just talked mm. about that moment I was catching my brain of Sean. Yeah. Same thing at Queenstown. Daniel DeWatner, and he had the cartel board that had the um, Vietnam chopper oh, yep. scene. Yep. yep. And just flying out these huge, like, dog piss Benny Harness. And, <laughs> yeah, it's just like way the fuck up there. It's like, damn, like, how? Yeah, no, yeah, it was cool. He was fucking gnarly. And the warm-up pants, they had those athletic pants with the freaking mesh inside. And, <laughs> fuck yeah, that was so good. It was cool. Like, we all, you know, because we were, we skated pretty hard, but we weren't, you know, we weren't that good. You know, it took us mm. a while to learn because, you know, from Queenie. And, um, but, you know, we were lucky. We just kind of 
slid from sub 20 into cartel basically mm. giving skate decks and clothing and yeah, you kind and of traveling and you know basically they created this family of freaking traveling the country you know summer winter we're just on the road just so they just do road trips to skate and everywhere. snow teams together and shit yeah and everywhere and i think that was the kind of cool thing back then it was like you had teams you know like yeah. burton had a team and they were like right we've got the, the oh how thing and then there all of a sudden there'd be a jump photo shoot at, you know when all the american guys come over and, and then you would have all these other events and then you'd have what like, sub 20 would be the same we're going up you know we're just that would be more of a a little fat tight family it was like they rented a house for mm. the nationals and then we'd go up to mount hutt to do a comp and then we'd go up to north island and, mm. and then in summer we'd go surfing in coromandel and rad. Yeah, pretty rad so, like, so i think volcom internationally does that still yeah there's a but, few brands that know. do do that it's pretty cool but it's mm. sad that it's kind of lost a bit yeah yeah so i remember like you sort of talked about sub 20 i remember they had the open open mic open fight event at uh, snow park snow park or something yeah like yeah what, what was that like a yeah so basically that at snow park was basically a quarter pipe comp mm. so sub 20 so when remarks park started that was basically hamish from mm-hmm. ran ran the mountain remarks they i think his son was getting into into it and all of a sudden he was quite keen on building jumps you know mm. surprise surprise we can actually have a jump somewhere and um we got a kicker built mm. and it was first it ended up being the sub 20 big air and that was the the start of remarks park so that was the first thing they built was this big air kick, kicker and it was rad there was some photo i remember there's a photo of legs doing a front three in a chicken suit on that I've seen that in the magazine. Have you? Oh, I, yeah. I, I, was, I thought about it the yeah. other day. I was like, fuck. He was on fifty-one fifty board yep, and shit. Yep, yep, you got it. Yep. Yeah. And um, so that's when that started. So sub twenty big year started and went for a couple of years, and then it changed when we built that big quarter pipe. At Is Remarks. that the one that Diggs was talking about? Yep. Yeah. And right. Diggs was uh, MC for it, <clears throat> and that thing was rad. You know, we just hand dug this freaking massive quarter pipe, kind of next to the park, and that big hole that's there. And is that by Toad Rock? That rock that looked like a toad when you go on the Yeah, up, up in the, the flat. So you know when you do the, the top bit of the park? Yeah. Um, and then it goes flat. Mm. It's just back. So probably where the big jump is, just in that big hole there. Oh, right. A massive foot pipe in there. A lot of snow. Um, and we'd hand dig that. And that was super cool. So basically, the sub-20... The thing about the sub-20 event was basically a comp where it was just prizes all day, just giving out... Mm. you know and that was it there was no winning it was mm. just i guess I'll there say. was winning but it was kind of just a big session it prizes everywhere and then that ended up we ended up taking it to uh snow park when snow park started mm. and then it became there was sub 20 quarter pipe which was and there was a couple of years there where mm. that happened yeah and that was rad too Pretty and cool. then was that there was also boxing involved in that or some shit open yeah. mic open fight oh yeah something like that and then they had a freestyle session with a couple of guys come and emceed and tried to battle it out as well yeah it was pretty funny right i mean that would have been kind of comical the MC battle shit yeah stuff. they caught a pipe at snow park it was pretty fun it was kind of it was good but it was kind of scary because mm, you were riding there a bunch when snow park started right when it was yep yep and yeah i really didn't yeah i sort of didn't ride it much after that mm. but when it was a T-bar, very first start, I remember actually drawing the rails for it when it first 
Sam had the idea and there was a couple of other guys that were on board with him oh, yeah. a couple of skiers from TC and they came together and they like came and we went up and had a meeting I remember up at um, Snow Farm and oh we've got this idea we're going to try and do this and mm. yeah that's rad and it all started from there you know and they had the quarter pipe and some rails well, it was pretty low key mm. but it was rad you know? oh sweet I mean yeah I mean I, I remember that that season would go over from Cadrona Yep. And it's one of those things. I remember watching legs hit the uh, forty footer by the super pipe there, and doing like um, I guess it was like a frontside roadie or something. Yeah, it's yeah, no, with that's, the, yeah, with the trust, yep, trust board graphic. And it's like, man, that's tight. You know, it was sick. Something else I sort of want to bring up, and I could have my wires crossed here. I mm-hmm. hope you can enlighten yeah. me a little. Okay. Uh, something Matt Morgan told me about you qualifying for the Olympics but not going is that no no I don't think that's really happened uh, alright <laughs> no, no I kind of was no I was like no nah, I don't want to go I don't want to go I was running Japan I was in Japan but then Steen and Steen Ollie Brunton actually I remember that one night at Barrows after the Nationals or something just reckon, I don't know he might have been pretty drunk he was bloody just on my case about the Olympics and you know, because they were quite into it. And mm. I was just like, nah, nah, I don't want to go, I don't want to go, you know, rah, rah. Didn't really know much about it. Mm. All I knew was Terrier had said no. Mm. And I was like, whatever Terrier's doing, I'm fucking doing too. You yeah. know, like, yeah. <laughs> that was my attitude. So I kind of went into it with that mentality. And then I remember Steen, and then he, someone had talked to my parents about it. And they're like, oh, you should try, you should try. And they started putting the pressure on. I was like, fuck. No, I don't want to try, okay. And then I started going, okay, okay, I'll just try. And then I didn't really realise, and all I knew was it was going to cost me 20 or 30 grand mm. to try and go. And was I, so I was like, fuck, I'm going to go ride powder for 20 or 30 grand. I'm yeah. not going to freaking, you know. And was this for the 98 Nagano Olympics? It was the first Olympics. Yeah, yeah. Nagano. Yeah. 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 And I remember being in Japan, and then I there was a comp in Sapporo mm. at Makamanai, I think Makamanai, one of the mountains. And I went, and Steen was the judge there. And I remember going, and we're in the half pipe, and I was like, fuck yeah, this is sick. Had actually a really good run. I was qualifying first, and then and then I did my second run. I was like, yeah, but I was all good, because I, I was at the start of the pack. Mm. And then everyone after me bet me. And I was like, even if they crashed, they bet me. And I was like, how the fuck did that just happen? You know, like, so I got, I don't know where I got not very high but I actually had a I thought I had a really good run um but I knew that it, w- it would have placed right up there and so I went to Steen that night and I said why did people beat me they did half as much as me yet and he goes well we can't afford to let people um beat you that are doing the circuit because you're only doing this one comp we can't let you come in and disrupt the Oh, right. disrupt the thing and I was like oh, fucking hell and then, then, then at the same time he warns me that because we've got the border cross the next day mm. and I was like I was really into border cross and I was like fuck yeah I'm going to do well yeah we're, we're charge this border cross out of 168 mm. this big burden beast of the board and I was like yep and we were practicing I was like yep sweet and he goes just make sure you have cash in your pocket he said because if anyone wants to protest you've got to be able to give that cash to the judges to the whatever you call them, judges yeah to because you know to have that discrepancy so oh, fuck that fuck that you know all right and then i did this comp did the comp and we were like don't worry so i was doing the practice and i was like fuck yeah i was 
thought I was doing really well. I was like, yeah, I was so looking forward to it. And there's this one bump. You dropped in. There was this big speed bump right at the start. And we're a freestyle riders, so we're actually handled that route. And it was all these hard booters. Mm. And they were fucking struggling on that first hit. And I was just like, sweet, this is good. And the next day, we turned up to do the comp. And they'd knock that, that out, that bump out. And I was just like, fuck, you know, like this, and, you know. Did all right. I didn't even know where I got, but I did all right in the comp. But I was just like, after that, I was just like, fuck this. This is not, this is not, not me yeah. at all. I just said, I, and then I went back to the second row powder. Hmm. Basically my story. Yeah. Yep. So I tried. Weird, weird to have, you've got to have cash in your pocket to protest and stuff. Yeah. I just thought it was just like, because my thing was like Terrier, the ISF. I remember when Stan and that came in and they changed, you know, no disrespect to Stan and that. He did a wicked job and he was any you know, New Zealand snowboarder and all that was awesome but when they, they came in and they changed the judging and the ch- this whole way that judging was done in all our little local comps and it took away all the us really just going hard you know and just so what was the changes that were made well it was just like you had to do this many straight ears and you had to do this type of you couldn't grab like twice and you couldn't do this and you couldn't do that and it was just like oh basically what is there now Mm. But it was so regimented from what we were. We're like basically just going and have a full mm. huck fest, yeah. And um, we'd just be learning tricks, you know, and just go do that. Mm. That I really just found I struggled with that a little bit. Just like fuck mm. me, I just um, want to go and try this trick. I remember getting punished a couple of times for for doing runs, and it was because I did like I remember at the end of a run, and it was the best run that I had thought I had done. It was all new tricks that I had never done before. And because I grabbed, in, I went Indy Mellon at the end, just over the line, last track. Mm. He's like, oh, no, you grabbed Indy twice, so you're not going to get the point. So, you know, I got way down the pack and I was just like, well. Yeah, so, so but anyway, so I just kind of had that little relationship. So, mm. And then after Terrier's story, I was just like, fuck, yeah, I'm totally yeah. It's too corrupt. I'm not. Yeah, I mean, Terrier, especially back then, just he had the gospel word, right? If whatever, whatever he said. It is, it is, yeah, but a lot of people didn't believe in that. But mm. then even what he's saying now, and if you actually listen to it and do the research, it's like, oh, it is, it is. You look at these countries spending this sort of money, and you go, mm. and they're going, freaking look at Japan now. Like, mm. how many billions and billions of dollars are they in debt because of the Olympics? You're like, yeah. fuck, man, why do you want to do that to your country? Yeah. You know, crazy, I think yeah. just for when every one of these associations has, like, if you have any one of these sports, they've got their own World Cup anyway. Mm-hmm. It's like so, snowboarding already has its... What's like, that? The, well, snowboarding already has its... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Stuff. It's got its burden open, which is... And it's like... The cream of cream. You know, like, the Olympics only cared about snowboarding because it's like, oh, we can make money from it. From what I can tell yep. anyway. Yeah, well, that, and, that was. And now skateboarding, surfing. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're becoming an X Games, essentially. They are. Yeah. They are. They're trying yeah. to tap into that market. But in saying that, it's a different. We're living in a different world. It's a different thing. It's mm. good. There's more opportunities for the kids in that these mm. days. And you look at what Zoe's done. Carlos has done. Yeah. You kind of go. Yeah. Fuck yeah. You so know. Like you guys have done well. And you know. And it's cool. You know. You can't but, take it away. But it's in, yeah. And but it's interesting to see the mentality. Like a couple of years ago, we had this banana group come up the hill. And it was gnarly. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. It was like a war of attrition. Like, they were getting these kids, chucking them on LTRs and throwing them down the superpipe first day on or some shit. Yeah, like, well, they were actually, a lot of them were like, gymnasts. They were actually yeah, coming out of it. They were the second grade gymnast team. 
And so the ones that didn't qualify, they're the highest yeah. level. And so like, oh, let's put them all on snowboards. And I went to a meeting actually. I went to a meeting and um, I had I heard that comment come out from a New Zealand high sport thing as well. Yeah. Like, can we get gymnasts into it? Oh, not that it was not well, they were serious. It was someone mm. that didn't know the sport, and I was just like, fuck. Yeah, well, it was gnarly to watch that, like, and they were just falling. <laughs> it was total, like, yeah, war of attrition sort of thing, and then, <laughs> like, they just falling. Like, yeah, I couldn't yeah. imagine, like, first day ever on the snowboard being thrown down, like, what looks to be a, a the size of a building trench. <laughs> yeah, it was gnarly, and we had so many, um, obviously, rental ski bindings aren't really designed for being hucked over oh were they all on rental jumps. boards yeah oh fuck and so we had fuck how are you meant to perform dude, on a board that's dude, oh sorry I shouldn't say that but eight, a rental board eight pairs of rental skis with bindings completely ripped out like, <laughs> yeah I was I was at the uh, pipe I've never lot, seen yeah. anything like it in my life as, oh, oh, as a yeah. workshop dude man it was nice. I remember they were over at the mini pipe and I remember just sitting at the I was at the at the big pipe in fact just watching over and just seeing these gnarliest splatters mm. oh it was so funny and there's so many like hilarious. crashes with them and the members of the public and I yeah know, well Dill's you know Dill's story and the gnarliest yep situation I've, I've just never seen that many pairs of skis come back in like with binders totally ripped out and it's come back like geez i hope the kids in one piece because this is gnarly this will put mm. people in the chopper yeah and shit. yeah that is a different mentality mm. but at the same time it's like really it's snowboarding so if, yeah. the, if they if they don't snowboard and then they start snowboarding by the end of it they're gonna love it because mm. you can't not love snowboarding it's pretty mm. sick yeah mm. <laughs> hopefully they developed an enthusiasm under different oh, I think they will and then it, they, the culture kind of grows into them a wee bit it's just different it's just mm. you know it's just different so I remember Ryan um, a guy I worked with in Colorado Ryan McDermott mm. um, rad dude saying um, a friend of his Chris Clark was coaching the Chinese team yeah. and he was credited with turning them from gymnasts on snowboards to actual snowboarders like he would take them away from the comp ride the whole mountain and make them use their edges and stuff and all that sort of thing and then after that you say, actually started seeing them being taken seriously and that was yeah. kind of it's hard it's hard mm. like all that is all good and well but really to actually yeah I guess if you do it lots I, I, I see it as the you know just some people have a talent you know it's mm. like skateboarding it's like to some like Sean Duffel was a good example it's like why did he pop so much harder than everyone else internet you know like yeah. why yeah. and it's just like some people just got it you know yeah. and it's just like they might work harder yeah but at the end of the day they've just got something well, there's there. a few people like that in snowboarding well, it's just possess that x factor eh? yeah. and i've mentioned a few names already so i don't need to go on that no but that thing, but that's but a good that's a good way to look at it mm. but whether that's going to win a comp or not you know there's no. there's a whole separation of it it's like well you look at what those people you're talking about and it's like yeah one might win a comp but the other one is going to make put a smile on my face you know yeah you know. give me one of JJ's yep. you, you anything know, JJ that he does you know he's, well it's just like yeah you know, a simple a simple back one or just, a simple front three you know of his and you're just like yeah okay that makes me happy you know and it's good. the same with all the kids I'm mm-hmm. just like fuck you know they can all do these big tricks and it's amazing and I'm stoked for them mm. when they first do these tricks it's wicked but if it doesn't look good then put it 
in your back pocket and just yeah. go back to what looks good. Yeah, yeah, there's certain tricks that I used to do that as soon as I've seen footage of them, it's like there's no way I can make that look good and it's just stopped being Back fun. then though, <laughs> yeah. when you look but, back at what you, your own writing, you're like, holy shit, mm, what was I but, thinking? But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we mentioned comps, I sort of wanted to talk about that because there was this period with, um, sort of want to talk about where it seemed like Dylan Butt and Denny Bevan and yourself were sort of always in this battlers. battling with what's yep. it pipe big ear or both or yep big ear and pipe there was no mm. we didn't really have slope style there mm. was no such thing well I shouldn't say there was no such so, thing it sort of came along years later a couple of yeah, years I can't after really right? remember when that sort of started Cadrona I remember Cadrona was is different than, like you got to remember that yeah these are quite like there was me Denny, Dill, mm. and then there's Glenn Howe, Glenn Leggett. And you kind of go, back then, it was like, yeah, I think Coronet just, it taught you a lot. A lot mm. more than any other mountain will actually teach you. And like, mm. and you look at like someone like Tian, you know, who's yeah. like technically super sick, you know, and you know, it comes down to working hard and being mm. that kind of thing. But really, the basics come down to, he rode Coronet a shitload. Yeah. And that place will teach you how to ride you know it, it's, it's and we and because it's free riding it's freestyle free riding and mm. like you look at you know everyone probably pitches me or dill and all that and they picture us as freestyle riders mm. but actually we're all free riders you know we yeah. grew up riding remarks and coronet yeah and basically you're just riding down the exchange sarasu building kickers every weekend but mm. that has just got natural side hits and trannies so like you know like you hop into a pipe and it's just natural you know it's super mm. easy to ride a tranny. So you guys weren't pipe jocking at all. You guys would so no you guys, that was you guys would just shred coronet together and then end up competing in a pipe comp together. Yeah yeah, yeah yeah yeah. No no none of that. That was a wonderful thing for yeah. sure. No yeah. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, one of Cadrona was definitely the um, no Cadrona's rad mountain and um, actually it's probably my my pick a choice just for that you know when you go up there you're going to have awesome corduroy mm. good conditions but yeah Cadrona's has definitely always been the where the serious people are sort of the serious the, freestyle the comp yeah. training kind of programs are because mm. yeah but Coronet was just more ride you'd be gnarly you're just like the spear change the spine you just fly off these kickers into the gnarliest iciest mogliest run out yeah. and just be like and that's how you learn you're just like you know you're just mat tending out of these run outs and you're just like if, if you crash you die and you yeah. know it was sick just teaches you how to <laughs> yeah, not I'm, slam yeah. I'm hoping that someone will actually do with a couple of locals old locals because there's probably only a few old locals left still doing those lines but a trail map of Coronet and maybe someone like Will J doing a trail map of Cadrona mm. of actual and all the special kicker names Mm. in that because coronet's got a few a eh? like oh it's jesus got, oh and jesus yep uh, the spine halfway hit uh yeah you got the sarasu and then you got fuck how awesome was sarasu before they put a trail in there yeah like before they cut the natural yep. trail it was unreal eh? and i remember out wide of sarasu that mm. run on powder days was so good mm. so i mean that place on the powder day like when you get snowfall to the valley floor yep. Holy shit! Like my my August holidays in nineteen ninety five. Go right down. 
oh man they were the best like yeah I was up there for 10 days and my nana used to drop me there with it cost me 20 bucks for a lift pass so she'd drop me off there and a morrow 20 bucks and a cookie time oh cookie time they had yep. remember the old morrow days as well oh no morrow bar and 20 bucks and get you lifted <laughs> and um I'd fucking then I'd just ride all day and she'd pick me up at the end but um, seven out of those ten days was fucking snow to the valley floor I was up there by myself just riding powder the whole fucking time just trapping on your cunning, legs you know. I went up there I took Rock and um, Zach up there actually because I, I don't really even get hardly even seen it since it's all been done up mm. um, never get over there and um, I right, went back there and fuck they were blown away but yeah I remember getting just doing one run and my legs were so beat by the time mm. you get to the bottom yeah <laughs> And especially in night riding. So I take, oh, yeah. I take my workshop free night riding over there once a year. Yep, yep. And bring the rental dudes along as well. And it's like, fuck it. It's like, first two thirds, like, ah, oh, this is awesome. And then that last third, just like, oh, oh I just got to yeah. get to the bottom. This is yeah. gnarly. Yeah, yeah, my feet, my feet. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. there's so much more terrain there than that's given credit for. Like, it's spread out, like, on a, on a and day. And steep. Yeah. You, you know how steep that place is. Mm. You're like, fuck, it's really it's steep. like, back bowls is fucking wicked. Backwell's wicked. And Rocky Gully's got some kind of cool shit over there too. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's just real good for like, mm. it's, Exchange is just like all time. It's probably the, is the the spot. But mm. it's just actually having a local that you could just follow yeah. for a day and just get those lines is just, like I can just picture that mountain and just know like, okay, I'm going to go there and fly off that, fly off that, fly off that. You know, it's just mm. like ingrained. And I just, yeah, it's pretty sick. It'd be cool to spread that go to a few days up there yeah yeah so you were quite a fixture in those sort of comp days what i'm talking about with denny and dill mm-hmm. was um big ear or pipe more of your specialty or it didn't matter you didn't just matter. no you just was the comp was a comp you know sort of we did board across every week we did pipe we did big ears we did slope free ride mm. Nah, See, not many free rides, it's but. funny to hear that now like people riding like border cross pipe because now it's like you associate border cross with like just kessler fucking oh yeah rah, but they're not border cross you know? tracks anymore and that sort of shit you know and yeah but you go out the mountains and they're very they're gr- they get a groomer and they make these tracks that are like perfect and then it's just like and it comes down to who's got the fastest wax to make a border cross course mm. remember coronet was just like they just got gates and mm. chucked it down the sarasu and yeah. said faster to the bottom wins and it was really about who could stay on their feet would win because mm. half the time you wouldn't and um <laughs> yeah and i i consider that more a border cross course should be should be that you there's the faster you go the more chance you are of crashing mm. so you actually have to pull yourself back so there's this opens up this even playing field sort of have to run a bit more tactically oh yeah very tactically and think about it and know how to take that corner and just instead of it any shouldn't be any straight lining it should be just like full just corner 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 i'd love to do mm. one up uh Kadrana actually yeah straight down the shoots so they used to have a board across track there what's well, still kind oh, they of still there, do. but yeah. they, they'll they'll beef it up for yeah, it's all pretty pretty mellow. Mm. I like carnage. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Like the, um, do you, have you gone to the Quest Liptech Bank Salem? That's over there. Uh, no, I haven't gone to the Quest. Oh fuck! Uh, if you like carnage, that's your event. I would, I would um, like that. Yep. So, I've been going for most of the last ten years, except the last two. Yep. And um, I'm hoping that Amy will come on. We can talk about it. So, Amy. 
from yeah. Quest organizes yeah. it. And uh, the, it's so funny. Like the rules are, it's mandatory dress up. Yep. Um, no race boards, no hard boots, no seriousness. Anyone met breaking those wall rules will be met with a wall of bigger snowballs than you met if you obey the rules. Yeah. So the first corner is just snowball corner, just fucking yeah, get so your cool. ass kicked. And then there's kind of the second corners popped up last few years that I call dickhead corner. And that's where shit gets real carnage. Yeah. Like there's dudes down there just fucking. Oh, it's and like, where is it? Is it run? Where do they run it? They run it um, on the triple, don't they? Where the triple what, was? Where the triple it's was, new Yeah. Sort of. It almost comes in above where the old park used to be. Park? They had a park? Pipe. Coronet used to have a park. Oh, oh down through that. Yeah, middle. and yeah, then yeah, where yeah. they had the pipe afterward. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, it sort okay. of snakes down through there because there's enough banks and shit. And um, fuck, yeah, if you like carnage, that's that's your um. But that, that's that's, it kind of just makes you feel like, yeah, but that's a Coronet. That's a Queenstown thing. You know, like mm. you come over this side of the hill and it's like, fuck, it's quite... We've got the snow sports and we've got the comps and we've got the HPC. Yes, it's, it's weird. It's, it's all sort of ended up in little old Wanaka, eh? Mm. But, um, but I guess maybe that's just the way it's operated over and here. And Kadrona like, suits that sort of thing. Like, like Kadrona's got a very good reputation with its high performance oh, and it's coaching and that yep. sort of thing. Spe- speaking of which, you do a bit of coaching for HPC? Yep, I do a bit of coaching. Um, yeah, I do. Yep. yep, I do that. Take a few kids and... And um, and did that. So, what was the story with Platinum Crew? Hmm. Uh, Platinum Crew was an old story. Now, now it's Platinum Crew, and it's basically a place for the kids, basically to make a bit of bit of a team environment for the kids. Okay. You know, really, and a platform for them. So, I did Platinum Crew and basically another Instagram account, so they can post their own footage and have somewhere an outlet. And so, were you coaching them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we travelled to the States, went to Big Bear and Mammoth and Colorado and we've done all different few different trips and um, so basically Platinum Crew was Platinum was a snowball camp that we ran, me and Deb ran, um, in Queenstown. Oh right. And we used to bring Japanese kids over and we used to take them to Coronet and Snow Park and once a week they did an activity, they went bungee jumping, rafting something like that once a week yeah. they did that and it was yeah it was sick and we did that took them up and we had a van with platinum crew written, platinum written on the side yeah. and basically with these kids I was like oh we've got to start bring back the old school make sure more of a team kind of environment and mm. I wanted the kids to be able to have an outlet you know no magazines anymore so yeah. it's like they need somewhere to be able to you know show off their skills and sort of yeah. if they have a sick clip put it out yeah because there were some rippers there and um yep. And the Platinum Crew. Yeah. All rappers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't remember most of their names, unfortunately. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you, there was Zach. Zach, yeah. Zach was probably, he lived with us forever, and he's honestly was probably the most talented kid that I've had to coach. You know, like naturally just like wanted it and just had the talent there. Mm. So, yeah, so he, he was there. Um, Lockie, Lockie Hall was another sick ripper and then there's like Mac Rogers Jet Hughes Sam Finmore Tui Tui Wukahika who's super rad you know Mm. he's got a sick style he's got this he's got this offbeat style which is really rad and when you watch him you're just like fuck that was sick awesome front threes that dude awesome front threes and awesome like switch like everything switch was just like 
oh, okay, you can do that just as easy. You know, like there was just something about mm. what he did was super rad. And then uh, we had Cool for a while. We got Kaya Collins and that's it, Kaya. Eli and Leto, Kyron, Hannah. Right, because yep. Kaya, um, that's Tian's sister. Yep. I just remember seeing um, big backy and a big back three off that big huge line. back three, rock yep. solid A. Eh? Yeah, they're no, no, pretty sick. And she, oh, the poor girl, she came in. I think it was one of Tian's old boards. Oh yeah, yeah, fuck! I and remember the die that. cut on the the board was yeah coming away. I was like, I'll, you know, I remember running you, down to see. Yeah, you. I was can, like, can, fuck. You, can you get this done in an hour? Like, oh yeah, we actually I'll rocked try. up that day, and it was that slight D lamb, and we're mm. like, fuck, just ride it, and we'll see. And she got up and did one run, and it was like it was one of the big events, mm. and basically did that one run, and the whole base of D lamb because uh, the core underneath was gone it's like well once it goes but she was so nice and so cool it's like I didn't want to bum her out and be like oh your board's kind of done yeah, like, yeah. the arrow <laughs> not know. quite gonna work but man and so cool Wakashima was a part of it yep as well yep and she's fucking blowing up now too yeah yeah she's doing well yeah yep and yep she's riding with Mitch now and Sean and fuck yeah she's she's ripping but she yeah. always what she she yeah she has something that she sort of had that X factor we we're talking about, eh? Well, no, she had a lot of guts. Like she yeah. took a, yeah, she could take a slam pretty, pretty damn good. Uh, yeah. But she, you know, she definitely went for it and gave mm. it, gave it a hundred percent all the time. Brad, I think I, that was cool. I found her brother on Instagram, and he's fucking. Oh, Russo's Russo, and I was going to point him out. Like you think of someone like JJ with some mm. bit of a, a sick style, and you think, but Russo had this awesome. I remember writing. Um, with Unru, her younger brother, mm. Unru, and then Cool and Russo, we went to Remarks and we did. I did this, made this wee edit, and fuck yeah, Russo is just there's just something about the way he rides. It's super mm. sick. Yeah. You think about his older brother skating? Oh, uh, Russo skating. Mm. I've found found him on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. And I was just yeah. like watching his skate edits, be like, oh my god, like this is he's just phenomenal he's and just into it. like think a trick, do a trick kind of dude. Yeah. And then so I started scrolling back and finding his snowboarding. I was like, whoa, he's... Like, yeah. yeah. It is, yeah. Exactly. And another thing is just more people when you just see someone just... A, you know, it might just be an indie on the side hit. And you're just like, but they can make it. You know, like if someone does an indie or a front one or a method. Mm. I think that's why a front three and a method are so... Like, will mm. never, ever go out of date. And they will put a bigger smile on your face than anything else. Is because when they're done right, they just look so good. Well, they make you want to go out and do them, right? Even... Even though wish, wish, you know, even wish though wish you could do them. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'd love to be able to do one of those sick front threes. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Or tweak out a method like that again. Yeah, <sighs> we'll see this year. We'll see. <laughs> Bring it back. Did you have a sort of a brush with injuries and that sort of? Oh thing? yeah, I took some kids when we went over to the, went over to the states and yeah, bought a cross course. The one that Starley was, and uh, he did a, a mammoth edit. Um, and Starley's there's a quite a famous line of him in the border cross track but yeah it was the first day they opened it and I was like oh, I looked up and I stopped and I had all the kids behind me and I always had Rock and Lockie behind me and um, I was like yeah yeah it should be sweet and I thought I'll just go over the jump and gap it fuck I just came up short on this gap it was probably only it wasn't very big it was probably only 20, 20 foot or so and um, fuck it, just, it was this slush that had frozen overnight yeah. And I landed on the upside, and my knee just went, boop, and oh blew out. No. So I remember just, and I knew that everyone was flying over this kicker behind me. And I was like, "Fuck! I've got to move. I've got to get off the trail." That's all I was in my head was always teach the kids to 
if you crash and you're okay, get the fuck off at the landing, you know, mm. straight away, you know, like, yeah. So I was like, sweet going, and I went to move, and my whole body moved, but my leg stayed still. It's just like, no. fuck. Okay. So there, yeah, that's it. So I haven't really been able to jump that much, right? So at, if at all, really, for the last three, be going on three years ago. Right. So I got no ACL anymore. So you didn't go through surgery or anything? Yeah, you yeah, know, I had surgery straight away within four hours. They yeah. insurance, you know. Oh, yeah. So the mammoth, they were like, sweet, good, someone's paying. Let's um, get the surgeon, good surgeon. And then I came back, fucking got back, and then my knee started going, going quite red. And I was like, fuck, fuck. And so I went to the doctor and they're like, sweet. They're like, fuck, it's infected. You need to get to Dunedin. So I raced down to Dunedin, basically had this infection in my leg because then all the metal would, had all this metal in there. And they're like, fuck, you know, Dunedin Hospital. And um, cut me open again, ripped all the metal out, spent, four weeks, three week, three or four weeks in Dunedin Hospital, just trying to get beat this infection. You know, it was pretty bad. And then, um, but yeah, just after that, I spent months in a brace. Yeah. They were just like, you cannot move the leg because I had no metal. You know, it was too raw of injury, but they had, had to take all the metal out. So basically, so then I've got this one chicken leg. So never really. Right. I didn't so really like some people like, like Ed, Ed had um, done his knee over in Larks recently. Oh, all right. No. Yeah. Oh, anyway, he's done his knee, but mm. like straight away, he's sort of come back. He's doing his rehab, and he's getting into it, and mm. he's doing well. But yeah, I just didn't really get that chance. So. Damn. Fuck so he's still sort of coming back from that now. Yeah, I like, kind of miss it. You know, it's kind of I'm pretty. I love skating and just rolling around on a skateboard, and I am a bit of a grommet, mm. really. So. Yeah kind of <laughs> do miss it and kind of mm. it's hard just sitting back yeah speaking of grommets Rocco's been ripping yeah yeah. pretty good last well for the last quite a while eh yeah yeah he's doing well yeah no he's he's ripping he's mm. um yeah he is actually it's um nah it's cool it's just I don't know it's just we're always we just started riding and um we just still ride together, yeah. Yes, just pretty cool, and we kind of yeah. got this pretty cool relationship where, you know, it's it's hard because you know, in one breath, we're just doing it because we love riding, we just want to go shred, and the other breath, he's kind of like, I want to get really good, mm. and I want to really try and, you know, be like Zoe or Tian or whoever, and mm. um, so it's that hard relationship of like, go, okay, well you can do it, but we've got to make sure we do it the right way with having a lot of fun and you sort of have the right morals behind it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. which you know it's mm. it's wicked you know like he really he knows all these mm. stories that you've you know we've talked about or mm. other people on your podcast he's heard it all you know mm. like so it's pretty cool he knows well, the history i like he's he seems to have a interest in it besides the fact of who his parents are he sort of seems to he, he seems to have an interest in that stuff anyway regardless of yeah I guess he's just brought up in it you know mm. like he was too he was born with a you know his, his dinner table was a skateboard you know mm. and he's two years old he's on a snowboard you know it's yeah. like so he's kind of grew up and all our friends that surround us are snowboarders or skateboarders yeah so it's kind of like just naturally even his granddad both of his grandparents snowboard yeah know, so it's pretty cool it was gonna happen oh, it man, was gonna happen and um because is he part of the New Zealand development yep. something to do with yep. that now yep so, so I was blown away with some of the stuff I've seen on his Instagram. Yeah, well, last and last spring actually was pretty cool. We got to 
I think just having an ear back, you know, mm. like, wow, when, when, uh, isn't he lucky, mm. you know? Yeah, 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 landing on that. <laughs> was was yeah. that the, um, yeah, Christ last year? Because they were making that thing happen with like no snow left. Oh, and there. it was, and I still would have gone longer. It was so much fun. Yeah. And it was so good. We kind of got the, the jumps got pulled a little bit early. It was just, they were just trying to make the most of it. Um, and they did a work. probably should, eh? Yeah, and. Honestly, they learn so much, and just spring, just like mm. and like when we travel, it's like okay, if I if I'm going to a winter destination, mm. I'm going to ride fucking powder. Yeah. If I'm going to go ride park, I'm going in spring. Yeah. You know that's my mentality, so mm. that's why I always go to Big Bear, Mammoth, places like that where it's super sunny. Yeah. Super spring like, so spring's just like, yep, you're in a hoodie. Yeah. Go have a hark. Because I remember watching them on like my lunch break, and they'd hit the airbag. You'd see them get off the airbag, unstrap, and then walk for fucking ages across dirt to get to the fucking um, snow that was being pushed every every night under the yep. T-bar to get back. He was like, whoa, that's um, it's, it's getting pretty low tide, but they're still jamming. It was that like, one. I got photos of the one little stripe <laughs> going down. It's pretty cool. Yeah, you can't even have an edge change on it, eh? Yeah, until that was off. basically bone dry. <laughs> So there's a couple of trips I sort of want to sort of mention. We sort mm. of segwayed away from, but it's kind of what I do it's here anyway. Yep. Um, what was the story with the trip to Broken River in '96? Oh, um, that was a New Zealand snowwater trip. Mm. Yep, we had a week up in Broken River. Fuck, I've got to remember who who was there. It was Matt, Matty Group was the main guy, and Lee uh, Lee, Lee Rollins. Yep. Yep. Um, and there was a girl. Ah, what's her name? Sorry. I remember she came back when getting Con and Christmas from I think he was doing Dragon. Mm. Um yeah, he was up there. I remember her fuck, there was a couple of stories. So she basically got hit the nutcracker and ended up with this bruise from you know, above her hip right down to just about her knee, this massive black bruise from just getting swiped by the nutcracker. Yeah. Yeah, that she was just in agony. And um I was pretty young then, actually, and then, yeah, it was pretty funny, and then Colin actually went for a mission, a backcountry mission, at the end of the day, and he ended up going right into the valley floor, and then all of a sudden it got dark, and he was totally lost, and he was in the forest, you know, down the mm. bottom, I remember him coming back up, coming back, <laughs> back up to the lodge, basically tears, like crying, thought he was going to die, you know, just Holy like, shit. yeah, so yeah. funny, that place is rad, I've been up, I went up there with, um, Deb's dad, uh, Alan, um, and Trevor, um, uncle, Uncle Trev, and we went up there, and um, that was pretty cool. It's such a cool place, though. Eh? Mm. Yeah, because I, th- I think you mentioned it in your interview, it was sort of that Steen or someone coaxed you into dropping some 30-foot drop, and it was the first time you were, had to drop something that big, or oh, yeah. something Sounds like that. Sounds about right. Mm. Yeah, no, mm. but we did, you know, we grew up at Remark, so we dropped a lot of rocks. Mm. Actually, Sammy Duvall was, he was pretty, he dropped big rocks. Yeah? Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, he, yeah, it's just, you know, I was a mm. grommet. It's just like, yeah, tell me what to do and I'll do it. You know, it's like, yeah, <laughs> you, you, you kind of get an opportunity like that. You don't want to, mm. you just want to go for it. Oh, see, I, I wouldn't have even thought that with Sam, just from what I've seen in the magazines, was just jibbing and... Who, Sam Duvall? Sam Duvall. No, no. I remember, all I picture of Sam was probably that, I remember at the, at the OGesus, and just along from the OGesus, doing these, he he rode this K2 fat bob, 
yeah. which is like the super fat back in the day. And I remember when we were at Roberts and he's in these big fat fronts of 180s and they were so rad. But yeah, he dropped some massive rocks up remarks. Yeah. Yeah. And like Lex has fucking taken down a lot of like gnarly shoot lines up yeah. there or something, eh? Yeah. Like stuff that you sort of like, really? That's even right. Yeah, it's just, it was just. I think my first photo was like remarks dropping a rock but yeah like legs would just go and do some gnarly shoots mm. well legs would be great He's the, he was always my guinea pig oh really yeah so yeah. I'd be like oh oh, you go first <laughs> <laughs> and then he would judge the speed for me he'd, if he got it wrong I'd be like okay go faster <laughs> thanks mate yeah. Uh, cheers, yeah cheers legs yeah cheers legs holy shit yeah um, and the trip you did to uh, Japan, the US, with Debs and Jake Coyer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. We J- Jake's the name we should probably oh, Jake, talk yep. about. Yeah. Yep, well, Jake was a grommet from Aerotown. Mm. Yep. Um, he was, well, basically, we, yeah, so we rode with him. He was on sub-20 as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, yeah, basically, we just rode with him, and then basically his... We're like, do you want to come to Japan with us? And his mum was like, yeah, yeah, we'll take you to Japan and do all that. So we went to Japan, all good. Went there for a wee bit. He was a bit, you know, he was a bit of a park rat, a coronet yeah. boy. And um, we rode there for, a, I think we were only there for a couple of weeks this time. I've been there a lot previously. Yeah. And then Deb was up the peak and I remember just, she was up the very top and it was white out. And she was like, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this. It was like when you fully can't see, you mm. know what it's like at the top there, you just full blind and I was like it's alright it's alright you can see when till you hit the when you get to the trees you'll be able to see you'll be sweet she basically drops in and then hits this big ice chunk and freaking just blows her ankle oh, and then no. she ended up riding all the way down and having to hike out which is like it's quite a big hike out the worst thing yeah yeah, no. yeah. so and so she was out she, she was out from there and we are just like fuck it let's go we're really into our gymming in our mm. forum you know, oh yeah wanted to be like JP Walker and um, yeah so we decided to go to Snow Summit and Big Bear and go do that so we ch- booked a ticket and went and is that so, when you switched riding from Burton to Forum as well no or that happened time. because Burton did a big cult basically alright I was on the international team and people like DCP and Roman and Demarchi and they just cut they just did this massive budget cut and they mm. cut half the team Right. And I was one of them, and um, yeah, and no, no word. It was just like it's that contract cut, and it was just like oh fuck, okay, and that was just out of the blue. And then yeah, so then I ended up writing on forum um, for, with Brad. Thanks, Brad. Mm. Brad Plumas, and yeah, that was sick. Mean. So that would have been about the time of being like you and Steve Ferguson on forum. Yes, or something there. Yep, yep. Like, that's right. And Logan. Logan oh, Holt. Logan Holt. Yeah, right. Because he was actually, uh, Logan Holt was a bit of a fixture in Queenstown for a while, eh? Yep. About that time. He was. Mm. So were you kicking around um, Queenstown when, like, the Dero crew were kicking around doing their shenanigans and all that Shenanigans, sort of yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, kind of. Yep. So it's like, who, who are you picturing in the Dero crew? I oh. think Nigel Roberts is probably the, the leader. Oh, right. The see, see, I pictured the Dero crew. Is like Heath, Heath Patterson and Nick Hine and of that Dero crew. That Dero crew. Yeah, so I'm thinking of the Dero. Nigel Roberts is a dagger. Yeah, he is a dagger. But yeah. I always got them the Dero, the Dunedin Dero. Oh right. But, yeah, yeah, no, because, I wasn't because we're Nick all Hine. kind of 
rugged and trashy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So no, like Heiner in that, they were kind of, when I stopped competing, he was sort of coming up. I remember mm-hmm. Heiner, I remember, actually I remember a video of Heiner, like must have been when he was pretty young and he was doing a, a rail somewhere, maybe in Christchurch downtown and he broke his finger and then snapped it back into place. Whoa. Oh, I just remember this video and Heiner one day will be able to tell you on this thing. Um, yeah, it was pretty rad, but I, I remember that. But no, he basically, no, we didn't really know each other, other oh, right. that well. But he, sort of he, he was sort of coming, coming through. Yeah, yeah, he was coming through as I was exiting, mm. you know, the competition circuit. But he, mm. he spent quite a bit of time in Japan. Yeah, yeah. He can speak pretty good Japanese. And um, yeah, he and his switch backside was always, when he came in, he was just like the switch backside king. Well, he was kind of like the Tian before Tian as far as just having every trick on lock, from what I could tell, right? Like... But like there seemed to be this time when Nick Hine was just had yeah I guess like so a whole yeah. lot of tricks by switching rigs. He's just like damn it's yeah like yeah it was bag, but not many people know? did switch back. So I already came in mm. with I remember switch back nine was like fuck it's such a big truck you know like mm. and I remember he came and doing that. I was like well, I was pretty impressed. It was pretty sad. Mm. So I remember Lance McCurdy trying switch back nines back in like '96 or something, and it was like whoa that's. And the other trip we forgot to talk about was you did a trip to Japan with Legs and Howie. Yep. And this was sort of way earlier. So, like, how was that? Like, that was good. with those dudes. And yeah, well, I got, I was lucky to get, I got given a, I got given a room in Niseko. I, I ended up coaching, when I first went there, I got, ended up coaching this guy that was a worker at one of these lodges. Mm. And I coached him for a couple of days. And the guy that was a, kind of a weird guy, I don't know what was up with it, but he ended up of like just from those couple of days, invited me in, yeah, you know, had a meal. And he's like, "Oh, I want to give you this room, you know, and that's yours, you know." And it's just like you can have it, and you can bring some friends, and you can do this. And so like, sweet, free house and needs to go. I'm like, sweet, yeah, yeah. you know. And so basically, yeah. And then legs and how we came over, and we just rode powder. And um, actually, a good story of uh, legs was. Back and we went up and we were at night and up by the gondola I don't know if it's still there or not but there was this big double set stairs these wooden these big cheese grater stairs that's still there yeah that's still there I remember fucking we were like yeah we're gonna slide we're gonna rail that fucking we were shit at rails really but um I was like yeah we're gonna do that do that you know and he was goofy and I was regular so it was easy for me I was just like sweet I can just board slide it and there was this fucking gnarly pole at the bottom we were like oh a bit of cover there just in case we freaking ourselves right through the pole um but anyway legs goes up and he had to lip slide it and he freaking comes and drops in and he freaking lips goes to lip slide and catches his tail he just falls head first like it must it was a hole that one and a half stair sets this head first straight into this into where they've piled up all the snow from the car park straight and all of us sticking out was his feet and the next thing, we're just like, we're all up the top, and I was taking photos and shit, and, and, and the next thing we just see these feet wiggling, we're just like, fuck, he can't breathe. And we're just like running down, he literally couldn't breathe, and we had to fucking oh, dig no. him out. It was um, pretty funny. Yeah, oh, four legs. Oh, Niseko was pretty wild. I remember doing fucking just, who was, someone used to just steal, take the van. It was one of the vans where we were staying. And he just used to go and they used to just blast up the trails on the in their van. 
boys like with Trev and Kieran up the mountain and just fully just hass it and just be like hassing it up all around the trails and all around especially the Alpine side mm. and just I remember just in the middle of the night and we're all packed in the back of this van with the boot open and we're just like there is actually a video of Quint, Quinton and I think I don't know who was it Quinton and someone else was in it maybe Ollie and they're in the back of this van and then they jump out while the snowboarding gear but yeah it was pretty wild back then yeah and um, what was IDK magazine? It was a skate and snowboard magazine. Yeah. That you were, that was your brainchild, right? That yep. was a part of that. Yep. So, and all the helpers that were there. Mm. Do we need to talk about that a bit? Or? Yeah, yeah. It was just a magazine we started. We tried to start. You know, like mm. um, pretty cool. I love the idea. You know, I was into, really into photography and taking photos and what I, you know, and just really wanted another avenue for these other guys that didn't really have the chance to get in the max because New Zealand snowboarder came out once every two months mm. super sick but it was really hard like if you weren't part of that whole scene I was lucky enough to be able to be in those mags a lot because you had to operate at a pretty high level to get in there too right you did yeah. um, but also but also it's the work that you put in you know mm. like Simon like Simon Clayton is a um, a really good friend of mine and he was a photographer mm. from Dunedin and he was basically my private photographer he was so good and thanks I th- thank him so much for mm. everything that he you know I got done because I basically mm. had a private photographer for the whole time yeah. but um, with IDK basically um, Deb my sister came and helped got, I got another photographer Simon Watts was helping um, but basically I wanted to pay photographers more mm. so I wanted them to have an avenue to make more money to actually yep. make a living out of photography so I upped the pay and it's been right sweet and then I wanted all the under underdogs to be able to get a bit of footage this is my idea so it's just about about photos mm. and about music skate snow mm. so that's what, what happened yeah mm. ended up Doing that mag, few that thousand copies. Had a good run. Had a, it went really well. It just fuck. I threw myself under the bus so hard on that because I, you know, well, I learned how to use Photoshop. Mm. I did some ads for some people, and but I was not trained at that kind of thing at all. And next thing, I'm freaking putting a magazine together mm. and f- getting ready for print. Yeah. And I had no fucking idea, and oh, it was so hard. And actually trying to get advertising money. Yeah. Out of companies. Not so it's a lot more behind the magazine than there's a lot more. There's a lot more. Mm. It was good. No, we had everyone support us, but in the yeah, mm. in so the end we got it done. Probably lost a bit of money on that thing. That's right. Photographers mm. got paid. That was the main thing. Main. Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember um, just seeing an issue when I was working at Cadrona. There was a couple kicking around. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, just. I think Nigel Roberts sent him pictures of Phil Frost. Yep, yep, exactly. Oh, he's got that one of um, in the orange. Was he in an orange t-shirt and it's all the bricks on the ground? That was Mm. a sick photo. Oh man, Phil is gnarly. Mm. Well, was I don't know if I don't know if I knew Phil. Oh man, like he's got there's spots in Dunedin that he stepped to that no one stepped to since, and he yeah he's got shit named after him there. Frosty's Gap and stuff he was my favourite dude to watch on the skateboard man yep. like he had this kind of cross between like Nardis and Jamie Thomas style like surf nice. but gnarly and yep. yeah fuck like I, I sort of half one 
talked about Sean Duffel's that that moment there watching him, but Phil just was so raw. You just watch him skate like fuck. Like, so good. Yeah. Mm. Oh man, I'd li- uh, if you've got those pictures, I'd fucking love to see them at some. I'll point. give you a minute. I've got I've got some floating around. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned Mitch Brown before. You know Mitch for quite a while. He's now pretty much super coach, but <laughs> he is. He is. You know. He is. Uh, yeah, no, Mitch for uh, forever. Because mm, I guess you guys were teammates on Burton for a while. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I've got a photo of uh, Dill and me on a. Have you seen that photo? The Burton shot. Is that it was the, a Burton ad on the, the quarter pipe. Yeah, yeah, two yep. methods, yep. Mm. So, yeah, so that was the whole team. Fuck, that was, was awesome. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yep, Mitch was pretty tiny then. Yeah, yeah. Oh, pretty man. funny, yeah. And, yeah, and here he is now being pretty much the coach. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. Same. They've done bloody well and um, mm. pretty cool. You know, like, he deserves, you know, if he can get as much as he can out of out of the sport, he, he deserves it. You know, mm. he's put a lot, lot of he's, time in and... Definitely put his time in. Well, I yeah. think the fruition's there of his work. I don't want to take away from Sean. I guess Sean's a part of it too. Sean. Oh yeah, of course they're both equally. Um, is, is, I think the fruition's there when you yeah. see like when Zoe won that bronze medal. You're like, well, there it is. Yeah, that's it right there. Like it is. You know, and it is. Mm. Oh, it is, and I guess that is their goal. You know, I'm mm. I'm looking at it from a snowboarder, and as as me as a rider, I'm like, okay, yeah, you won that, but let's back it up. And she has proven that hands down that she yeah. can back it up. And I think that it's the thing, like the gold medal, like yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, was mm. that one off, or was that not? And then you just go and just prove it that you're you're a legend. And you she's know? just been on a rampage. Yeah, oh, and I just think now, and I think when you look, you know, I've watched Zoe a lot. Mm. But she's got so much. You know what you see now is only half of it. She's mm. she's got so much. You know she's her fundamentals and her what she can do right now. She can easily. She'll be doing twice that by next year. Yeah. The only part of her, and no disrespect to her, I was following was natural selection. Mm. Just I don't really follow comps anymore. Mm. But I loved watching that. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, I can't and it's so, the natural selection is so such a sick idea, mm. and it's so good. It is such a hard thing though. Like Alaska, not that I've ever been, mm. nearly been, but it is it's a different level, you know. And like to be put in that situation with blind rope, you know what it's like when you're doing mm. a powder face and you're smoking down it, mm. and you're a bit of a, a foreign place. Yeah, to ollie off it, even a dip, but flying down a cat track. Mm. And there's a roll, and you are you going to Mac ten Ollie off that first run? Yeah. No, it's like, but she's they've been put in the situation where they're going off fully blind rollers, not mm. knowing what's on the Size other side. Size of the building drops, and yeah, and it's kind of a that. mystery if there's going to be a big freaking rock on the landing. Mm. And it's like, yeah. So I, I take my hat off because I I know that her first run was so sick. Well, the mm. Alaskan one, or the, or the ones up in. Um, was it Tordrello? No. Yeah, Tordrillo, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was just super sick. You know, like the first run was so good. Mm. And the second one she unfortunately just didn't quite she started off <laughs> a bit wrong. But you know, at the end mm. of the day I, I have total respect for it because I know how how mm. much adrenaline and I can almost feel I don't know, I could be speaking for her, but this I can feel like she started that day with so much adrenaline just mm. going for it. And by the time that second run happened, all that adrenaline had sort of exited sort of her got body. Tired. Yeah, and she yeah. just came down, you know, like 
mm. and I can totally picture that feeling, you know. Yeah. It's, well, it's hard. You're in a helicopter. You're getting chopped up and getting dropped off. But like, how was oh. that um, on her, on Zoe's um, first, that first um, area they went to in Alaska, she was the only girl that spun off something. It was out of it. Like, yeah, that was a Like, it was a weird, cool. like, alley-oop three off a rock almost. Yeah. Because she can't, like... Oh, off that side thing, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah. like... I don't know. I, was, I wasn't expecting it, but I wasn't expecting a backside no, spin but either. You, yeah, well, I like, was, was because I could see she was on her toes. Yeah. And you can tell that she can retrain. Yeah. I think that's the thing. You can just sort of tell who can actually... That, mm. And that's what separates a really good rider is someone that actually can actually look at terrain and go, fuck, there's a hit there, there's a hit there, there's a hit there. They go down a truck. Like, you follow someone down just to make mm. or someone that you turn up mm. and they're just like hitting all these side hits. You're like, oh, fuck, I didn't even know they were there. Mm. You know? And, um, and it's, she's got that. Yeah. And, um, that's my notes kind of done. Have we missed anything we need to talk about there, AJ? No, I, I just want to say thanks to um, Jamie Bassett, actually, and oh, Ivan Jones. and ja- Jamie Bassett. Let, let's talk about Jamie Bassett. He's <laughs> okay. a funny motherfucker. He is a funny motherfucker. Um, yeah. I yeah. met him when he was bringing, working with the Lib Tech dudes mm-hmm. and helped organise, helped yeah. Jamie organise the bank slalom. He'd be like this drunken giant banana. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Fuck, you've known Jamie for a while. I've known him for a while. We yeah. probably we weren't hanging. I think he's really good friends with Sam Sam Devol, and mm. um, we didn't really hang much. Um, I just remember him being in the ads. He was on the leap with Lee Rollins on the K two team. Mm. Um, but now he's the ride sportive, you know, yes, riding Smith is. rep um, K two, and he's just done to help me and Rock. Um, well, our whole family actually just he just looks after us and he's Button. just we're always helping us mm. move forward and just making sure I've got all the sickest gear and but honestly the ride gear is so sick. Mm. It's um so, so good. Got and Russell it, Winfield back on. Yeah, yeah. Rad, I, eh? I see that. Mm. Yep, and a few other cool things happening. Rad. But no, that's cool. And and I think working riding for a brand that is snowboarding mm. and is truly snowboarding is pretty cool. You know? Yeah. That's and not that I'm riding for anyone, no, I'm not sponsored at all. He just, he just, um, I'm lucky enough to have fresh gear under my feet. Yeah, and I'm, a bit, I'm a bit of a kook these days. So. <laughs> yeah, thank, thank you, Jamie. Well, yeah. hopefully, we'll, hopefully, you might be able to put that kook thing to um, rest, and we might see a comeback at Dogger's Mini Pipe. Oh, Dogger's Mini Pipe, that'd be so Good safe. Vision. I tell you what, take my hat off to him putting that work in. Yeah, and yeah. that fight to get that every year. Mm. Did yeah. you win that one year? Yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. I've done well. Masters, it's like hardly yeah. winning. It's like far out in the <laughs> Masters and have a huck and mm. yeah. But it sort of harps back to those comps you were talking about before. Oh, um, totally does. Where it's sort of like he's just throwing. It doesn't even matter if you landed your trick. He's throwing prizes at you. Well, the thing is, and you yeah. watch that, and you watch the kids, mm. and you can actually tell like who is the throw. You know, there'll mm. be kids that will just sit on the sideline. Mm. And they might be good riders, but they kind of just do a few laps and they bugger off and they mm. do it. But then there'll be the kids that just lap it and they lap it and then they start getting better and then they start hucking and then they start learning new tricks. Mm. And you're like, and that's an environment that you want to encourage. Like, yeah. Heat in snowboarding. You know, it's so rad. And mm. um, I know that it's a bit of a fight to. It's not easy for him. It's not easy for him. And um, he, yeah. And I think anyone that enters that comp or wants to go watch it, just, you know, put their hand up to help them. Um, just carry stuff up, buddy. Yeah. Just help him anyway. Just um, put your hand out, buddy. We can no. get get that thing done. We need a couple more of those comps. Oh, totally, eh? And uh, 
and you can walk away with some shit too. I mean, shit, I, yep. I walked away from there with a hoodie and I didn't even do anything awesome in, in the pipe. It's oh, you were like, awesome, mate. Yeah. You know? <laughs> probably waxed half, half the people's boards up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We used to spend quite a bit of time in Christchurch just because um, Sub 20 was up there. But yeah, wide, we used to go hang wide load mm. and the crew from wide load. Um, all the skaters hang out at Vic. Oh, Vic's, uh, Vic Park. Yeah, fuck. That was a tough park to break in. Like they had pretty gnarly. Um, no, Vic Park's in Auckland. I mean, um, uh, Vic, Vic, uh, the Vic square. square, Vic Square. Yeah, that wasn't like the the locals that skated there were fucking like gnarly and territorial. Yeah, they, eh? like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, you know? yeah. American Pat. Yeah, it's funny. He got my. First, I remember getting. I swapped him a CD from what I saw. I swapped him for a Darcyfix CD for a, a sick Mob Deep CD. That was mm. my first Mob Deep one. I still remember that. Mm. So. Yes, yeah, I mean, a couple of the dudes I skated with in Dunedin were down with all the Vic Square guys. Yep. Like um, Gus Kerwood and those dudes. And Nick, Nick, what was his last and, name? I mean, Greg Timms was kind of the mayor of Vic oh, Square, Greg, right? Oh, yeah, he was so good. Yeah. He was so it good. It still is. Oh, like, and just super yeah. tech. Like, mm. so tech. Yep. Mm. Yep. No, it's rad. And, uh, yeah, just Aaron, Aaron Bolt, you know, from Wide Load and Jules. You mm. know, they had that. It was pretty cool. You know, Christchurch was, ma- I remember Christchurch was massive. Like the ski scene and the snowboard scene, just the whole winter it sort of buzzed. Remember mm. the big ears? We used yeah. to be downtown. Downtown Christchurch. Downtown Christchurch. Uh, Travis Rice was in. Really? A few of those, yep. Holy shit. Yeah, pretty funny. We had one of Meth, when Methvin had them. I remember Terrier. Had one with Terrier, uh, competed with, well, all of us probably did, but we were with Terrier and um, a few other names in there. Yeah. It's pretty rad. Yeah, so I didn't spend much time in Christchurch in winter, so but that's kind of cool. It was buzzing. Yeah, no, it was pretty pretty cool. I think this the whole industry was just based out of there for a while, eh? Yeah, well, I guess Burton yeah. was there, and then because the, there was quite a few forties, and some of the ski place, uh, yeah, all the, are there. They still yeah. are, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I guess the sub twenty had the warehouse there. They had the warehouse. Home. Yep, that was mm-hmm. our sort of home. And um, yeah, no super red. Oh, is there any um, any other thanks or props you want to give out before we bail out? Oh, I'd like to thank... Who would I like to thank? Oh, there's lots of people I'd like to thank, but... Um, no, I'd just like to thank Debs and Rock, really, for being there for me, because mm. I'm a bit of a useless bastard, so um, <laughs> it's good putting up putting up with my shit. And um, Jamie Bassett and Ivan and Martin, it's bloody thanks heaps for helping out, and... Um, mm anyone else over the years like there's so many people Rob, Rob Johnson we didn't really talk about him mm. but uh, we can though if you want no oh, actually we have talked about him and mm. I think you need to get him on the show he's living in Wanaka now oh yeah so he he's good so mm. he actually helped me start he really helped me gave me the, my first job and I worked with him for years and mm. kind of helped me get away and um, and Jeremy Northcote and Simon Clayton photographer mm. just everyone yeah anyway that's just bleeped on a bit. But thank oh, sweet. you. Yep. Oh, what's our stock enders? Stock enders, you, yep. You know, the, you know the drill here? Yep. Uh, favourite rider? Oh, favourite rider. I'm just going to say Brian Aguchi. Mm. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, favourite mountain? I'm going to say Coronet. Mean. It's my home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, favourite board? Favourite board? Would be probably the the thing of childhood would be favorite board would be the Noah Slesnick with the skate. skate oh board. man, yeah, that's a collector's. Yeah, so that would be my the one that I just always wanted. Yep. Rare. 
Um, Favourite video part? Or video part? Videos. Both. I don't know, there's too many. I'd probably go, be roadkill, yeah. critical conditions, and hard, the hungry, the homeless. Yep, and there's more. I watched some the other day, I can't remember the names. And then the TVs, but yeah, no, that would be my harder, hungry, hopeless, roadkill, and uh, critical conditions. Yep. Uh, favourite gig? Favourite gig? I remember when we did our road trip around the States, we got to see Biohazard. No way. Yep. So that was pretty sick, and that oh, was at the Slam City shit. Jam. We got to go in Vancouver, sick. and that was super rad. But my favourite gig would be uh, Cypress, Cypress Hill. Oh man, see, you just, that's my 90s right there, and then part of it was Biohazard and Cypress Hill. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, and Slam City Jam. Slam City Jam, yeah. Fuck, how awesome was that? I went in the year 2000. And yeah, well, I must have gone. I was just thinking because you were saying about the road when we went to that road trip. My first mm. year to Japan was like in '95. Did I write down '95 or something? So I must have yeah. done that trip in '95 or six. Mm. And that's when we went. Yeah, fuck, it was super sick. Oh, then we man. got to skate with a bunch of those guys. I remember like Alex Chalmers, Rick McCrank, and we used to, we just skated all the Vancouver parks. And mm. fuck, that road trip was basically a skate trip as well. It's pretty. Yeah, sick. there's so many good parks and van. Yeah, we did the mm. we were, um in Portland, old um Oh Burnside. Burnside, yeah. Right. So I was Tony Hawk's vert ramp, we just got to that. No way. Well not the indoor oh, one, shit. but the one at the YMCA that was quite famous back then. Oh I think I've seen a picture of Trevor doing an invert on Yep, you yep. totally have. Yep. Why did we even see that? And you see on the snowboarder. And that And, and was it a black and white and a slide? Who was oh, I can't remember what colour it was, but like yeah, I remember someone that. Someone wrote an article in Quentin Robbins. Yeah, there was a guy we met in LA. sequence mm. in there. What's with, he doing? With, he, uh, doing a wildcat, and he's got that green unit base. Yep. With the weird yep. circle on the bottom. Yeah, fuck. We went down to yeah. Mm. That was our trip. We went down because there was a good friend of Quentin's was from he met in Wanaka, and he did a photo shoot with him, and he was from, from Nike. Uh, he was a photographer for, for Nike. Yeah. And we met up, and we stayed at his house when we first arrived in LA, and um, we, we just went. He took us around all the famous schools, and went and scattered all those parks. And that was right. on our way down to Tijuana, and um, yep. Uh, favorite city? Yeah, not a city guy. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Favorite trick? Favorite trick? Don't know. Back one. Back one. I think it would have to be a back one, or just a straight up indie. Methods are good, but indies. I like an indie. Yeah, mm. indies. You can do so many different ways of doing it. Mm. Favorite board graphic? I think I said that. The nice oh, nice and actually, that the Lamar, the Mike Ranquit with the guitar. Mm. That is a pretty iconic. I one, remember eh? that in the shop when they came out. Mm. That's so, so. So Docker found that one on Trade Me. Just bought it straight away, knowing that I was like, "Yes, yeah, sweet," and paying back for it, you know. Yeah, my board, like, my look Lamar's in the wall at Alta. I've got to try and get about my my actual board, but my first need to board. Have and I think Dogger's got a crazy banana, a pink crazy banana. Yep, he has. I think it's Legs's first board. No Legs way. Legs hasn't seen it, and I'm pretty sure it's his. I got a photo of me and him on our first day, and he's got that crazy banana behind him. You need to go and have a yarn to Alta then, eh? And yeah, yeah, I need to go see. I think Fingers has got it. Yeah. Mm. And best method? Best method goes to Trevor. Trevor. Yep, I mean, goes to Trevor. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Trevor Ponting, of course, and if it's not the best method, he told me it was. So, <laughs> <laughs> you've got the best method, Trevor. 
And uh, bonus question, what's the key to a good method? The key to a good method is when you land, you are just smiling from ear to ear. And you're like, I'm the fucking shit. <laughs> that is the key to a good method, is when you land and you know that it felt good. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It might have looked like shit, but if it felt good, yeah. it was good, you know? Sweet. Yeah, that's the key. Mate. Yeah. Cool, is that, uh, that's us? Anything we've missed? No, thank you so much, mate, for everything and doing this history of snowboarding. <laughs> I just think it's um, it's pretty cool and it's about time someone's done it and um, I know it's a lot of hard work. And well, I just can't, lose, can't, can't lose these stories, eh? You'll be busting out the Rolex in no time. <laughs> <laughs> Main, well, thank you so much for your time, Aaron. No worries. We'll see you soon. Yep, see you, bud.